Good evening and welcome to The Blender. I am Gino, your host, and next to me, per usual. Man, I love saying that, per usual. I just think it sounds so professional, Mike. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to comment on that, on that comment. Yeah, <laughs> the, co the co-host of The Blender, Michael, Christian Patriot Network. How are you, Michael? Fantastic. I'm, I'm looking forward to another show, and I'm looking forward to our our returning guest, our, our regularly occurring guest, that we've come I, to enjoy the company of on the Blender. I believe it's a record. I think it's his fourth appearance, which is how fitting he is the founder of CE4, Michael. I don't think there's yes. coincidences, okay? So the fourth time on the Blender, and I am sorry, if, if you hear a squeaking chair, it's going to drive me crazy, <laughs> but it's probably driving you guys more crazy. So I'm going to try to mute my microphone throughout the show so you don't hear the chair squeaking. But we have returning guest friend of the show, author, founder of CE, CE4 Research, MUFON investigator, 27 years in the business, Mr. Joseph Jordan. Joe, how are you? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me back on. I love oh, this show. It's so fun. We love having you on. We need to make Joe just a regular co-host. We'll do it every week. There hey, we go. there you go. <laughs> just take my spot. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much useless anyway, so. <laughs> no, we love having you on, Joe, and there's so much alien news. In fact, the last couple shows, me and Michael are like, we got to get Joe back on. There's just too much breaking. There's like <laughs> aliens everywhere. I mean, NASA's doing stuff, talking about it, or having conferences. You've got uh, the Peru event. I don't know, whatever they're calling that. Uh, we've got, um, we had that Las Vegas thing we talked about last time. I don't know what ever happened to that, by the way, so we might want to discuss that too. Um, but just so glad you're here. And um, Joe, where do you want to start? <laughs> I mean, there is a ton of stuff to talk about. Ah, I got something coming up this weekend. Maybe you've got some listeners out there that can make it down. We've well, got a conference uh, this Friday. Or this Saturday, this coming Saturday, the 30th. And uh, it's here in Titusville, Florida. We'd love to have you come down to sunny Titusville. And actually, it's cooling off a little bit now. So it's a good time of the year to come visit. Uh, maybe even catch a rocket launch this weekend while you're here because they've been going up pretty regularly uh, with SpaceX and uh, the other outfits that are out there launching. But uh, this is a, a neat conference, I believe, that we put together here. It's called UFOs slash UAPs, Threat or Hope. And we're going to be looking at this in depth, the subject in depth, to uh, try and understand, is this something that we need to be in fear of? Or is this something that is a hope for humanity to look forward to? I've got Jason December, my co-author, coming from uh, Huntington Beach, California. He's going to be giving his testimony. And uh, it's a, it's a that's a mind blower. If you've never heard Jason give his testimony about his experiences, you should take a listen. Uh, maybe you guys could have him on and let him uh, share that with you. It's so fascinating. There's so many aspects of it that make you question what is the reality of this phenomenon? And it all happened right there in Los Angeles, you know, where millions and millions of people were right there at the same time. Um, fascinating story. And then I've got... Uh, Robert Spearing, the International Director of uh, Investigations for MUFON. He's coming down from New Jersey and he's gonna be giving the best of the um, reports from last year 
it's the same talk that he did at the MUFON Symposium. And uh, he's going to get you to look at the ones that were not being talked about, the ones that should have been talked about, instead of the stuff we're seeing at the uh, congressional hearings. I think you'll find that if uh, you listen to Robert and uh, these cases that came in and the investigations that were done on them, uh, they're much more exciting than what we're hearing from those uh, in those congressional you know, hearings. And then uh, followed up by Guy Malone from Roswell, New Mexico, that's coming in. And he does uh, an alternate view to what the Roswell 1947 event could be. And he's done this many times. And it is just an awesome, mind-blowing talk that he does and puts together, showing you that this cover-up of the Roswell event could be something more horrendous than what we thought. And uh, it could be the possibility that our government did something very wrong. And that's what the cover-up has been about, not extraterrestrials. And then yours truly, I'll be coming on and giving the rundown on alien abductions and the research that I've worked over 25 years now in the field and bringing the findings together so that uh, people can get an understanding about what this is really about. So it's going to be a fascinating event for everyone. Man, looking forward to that. And uh, you said it's not going to be streamed, but it will be uploaded, I'm assuming, to your channel and some of right. the other channels. Yeah, okay. I've got a... I got a crew that's going to be filming the whole thing and recording it. We're going to put it together as a conference package and be made available. And uh, so everybody can get an opportunity to, you know, to make a real judgment on what is this really about? Is this really good for us or is it not? So, and you know, that's our whole purpose is to get the truth out there. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what we're doing. Soon as, um, as soon as we get this thing uploaded to where we can share it, I'll uh, let you guys know and you can, you know, get it out there to everybody so they can check it out. Absolutely. Wow, that's night. Yes. Uh, I would love to hear about the Roswell, his explanation for that, because I've heard a you know ton of different alternative viewpoints. Yeah, but um, his is really good, and he's, I know he's, he's done he the good. talk there at the conference and uh, you know in Roswell at the festival. He's actually talked there, you know, for the city's conference. So you know, for them to bring him in and actually let him give the talk there, you know, you, that's some respect to what he's sharing. Wow. That's exactly what I was going to say, because, I mean, their livelihood, obviously, is mm -hmm. built around the 1940s. I mean, no one knew who, where Roswell was until the crash, yeah. right? So, yeah, I mean, that keeps their economy rolling there. And I know they once a year they have the conferences. What is it, like a week-long event or something like that? Or Yeah, it's, uh, four yeah. or five days at least mm -hmm. during the July 4th weekend every year, because that's the anniversary of the so-called crash in 1947, uh, July 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. How many years is it now? 47. Let's see. What is that? Somebody help me with math. 70-something <laughs> now. Yeah. D-Patriot, uh, you're good at math. Where's Joyful <laughs> June when you need her? She's she's a math teacher. <laughs> what is that? 70, 50, 53 77? and 53. Yeah. So, yeah. It'll be 77. 77? Yep. Wow. Is it that long? Because I talked at the 60th crazy? anniversary with Guy Malone. He talked there. He ran the 60th anniversary festi festival conference. And uh, that was I talked at that one, too. And then again, we were together for the 70th anniversary. Uh, so yeah, moving along time-wise. Man, time flies when your government lies to you and tells you it's a weather balloon. Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, let's get into it. 
um, man, we're so glad to have you back, Joe. It's always a pleasure. Yes. Like I said, I think Joe is the all-time record holder on the blender of four appearances. So <laughs> I know on my other channel, um, my past race, he's been on five times. So that's the all-time record over there. But we divide them up, Joe. You know, we're trying to be diverse here at the blender. Sure. <laughs> Are we, aren't we, Michael, being diverse? Yes, indeed. Indeed. Well, Sorry, well, I can gonna... bring you diversity. You know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is the, this is the guy that told us aliens were racist. I mean, of course you're diverse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that is still one of the best lines ever. I I, I think I want to get that like I want to get that on a plaque or something and have it behind me over here. I think that'd be perfect. Aliens are racist. That was the best line. Aliens are racist. Ask me why. Oh, man. I made a TikTok video out of that. It's still going pretty good. <laughs> All right, so, um, okay, I think, obviously, the hot news was these Peruvian bodies that were found right back in 2017 and then revealed by um, Jaime Masan down there in Mexico to the Mexican government uh, just a couple weeks ago. So, first of all, before we get into it, let's go ahead, in case people don't know, and I'm pretty sure everybody probably does know, but uh, let's go ahead and play the, um, the mummified aliens. This is a clip from the actual Congress, congressional hearing. These two tiny mummified bodies, images of which around the world this week, are now the subject of much controversy. For Jaime Masson, a Mexican journalist and longtime UFO enthusiast, the alien-looking forms are among the most important discoveries in the history of humankind. But for many scientists, they are an already debunked, perhaps even criminal stunt. Masson gained instant international attention when he stood before Mexico's Congress just days ago and presented the two figures. He shared scientific analysis and study results he argues prove the bodies are about a thousand years old and not related to any known earthly species. Reuters gained exclusive access to his office to see them. The bodies appear ancient and share characteristics with humans. Masson claims they were found around 2017 in Peru. It is the most important thing that has happened to humanity because it's the opportunity for us to evolve, for us to grow, for us to maybe initiate communication with other intelligences. I think this phenomenon is the only one that gives us the opportunity to come together. All right. Well, as far as I can tell, the only thing missing on those bodies was a red glowing index finger. Uh, but uh... Elliot, Elliot. <laughs> oh my gosh so all right well michael let's hear your thoughts first and then we'll get to joe what, what do you think about these two uh mummified aliens from peru gino we already showed the truth about that last week and there's a reason why they have the thermometers right. in you, those cases you are correct so, and so first we'll just show the truth and then I, we'll we should we should show the truth but joe when is your birthday by the way december 4th Oh, good. It's coming up. All right. Because me and Michael are going to send you this. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the music goes with it, too. It's I prefer lemon cake. <laughs> <laughs> but Michael, Michael, we have someone that has commentary on that. Let's hear it. Ancient astronaut theorists say yes. 
Okay. Yes. It's, I'm it's glad official. you added it. Oh, I'm so glad you added it. What a great uh, – everything. It, it was, was everything in that show. Would it be? Yes. Always yes. Uh, it's been a man. running joke, Joe, forever that uh, the narrator from – ancient aliens and he also does oak island and a bunch of other history channel stuff but we yeah. just love when he says that <laughs> so anyway for your birthday that's what we want to send you would that be okay we'll just do oh yeah cake. it'd be awesome what, what kind of icing cake. what kind of icing will it be um uh, maybe uh cream cheese <laughs> okay yeah it nice works. nice uh yeah. <laughs> deep patriots the color look, better looked like spirit cooking yeah maria <laughs> oh no <laughs> No, you, oh, you, uh, but you asked me uh, what my take on it is. Yeah. I, it's just like anything else. It's like the fake missing links, right? Like you, 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 you just, we're in an era where the most ridiculous thing gets, gets the attention, right? So to me, this is just another one of those things where, Hey, I'm, I'm going to get some attention for a while. Um, it's probably intentionally trying to get us distracted from something else that we should be focused on. Um, but I really don't have any more takes on it. I, I, to me, somebody coming out with them and then their own research documents, that's, you know, it'd be one thing for him to come out in 2017 and say, okay, now let's have a bunch of people look at these openly and transparently. I would, I would be a little bit more likely to listen to it and, take it as a little more valid if that was the case, but it's not, it seems not to be the case. Joe, your take? Two things. One was the last thing he said in the clip where he talks about something bringing us all together. Mm -hmm. This is that whole thing we're seeing with this phenomenon is this drive to bring, maybe it's something that will bring us all, all together all of different beliefs, all of different cultures, you know, trying to bring us to that one world government and that one world religion. Mm. We, we hear the same thing over and over and over throughout this UFO community, you know, so that's the whole drive in all of this. So it's not about whether it's fake or, you know, whether it's, you know, it's not even real or aliens or whatever. It, the whole concept, he said it right there in a nutshell at the end, the whole idea is to give people the, the thinking that this would bring us all together in unity and one. Same thing Ronald Reagan said. You know, they're, they're still using the same agenda to break down the walls of, you know, different nationalities to bring us into a one world government. The other part is they're still driving this idea that it can be physical that these are physical beings that can be found. You know, we, we had the same thing with the elongated heads that they were finding down there in Peru, too. You know, they tried to push that as being alien hybrids or, you know, an alien race that had, you know, come. But that's been disproven also. But they're trying so hard to push this physicality to these beings where the top leading researchers are starting to see that this is absolutely not physical. It can be physical in a sense, but it's not physical. It's coming from other realms, other dimensions. You know, we keep hearing the term interdimensional, ultra-dimensional, you know, extra-dimensional, anything but 
from physical reality. Mm-hmm. So this is this is that's my take on what we're seeing here. Yeah, I think you made good points with that the uh, with the language because that's you're right. The language is what we're seeing everywhere. Yep. Yeah, the unity thing is always the big one with this whole alien movement. Like it's they're bringing us together. Mm-hmm. Like because they're high, more uh, highly evolved than we are, and they're more intelligent than us. How come they're never dumber than us? How come they just didn't? I mean, if they crashed, if they supposedly crashed in 1947, the technology must not have been that good, right? I mean, and, and there's well, been several other crashes. There are dumber ones, and that's where we get back into that uh, whole concept we talked about on another show about the, the the racist ideology that's involved in this phenomenon when you take a good hard look at it. You know, when you look at the types of entities that they're that they're talking about people having experiences with, you know, you've got these ones that they call the Nordics, you know, or the Pleiadians that are just beautiful beings that look like us, long blonde hair and great physiques, you know, and super intelligent, you know, but they're always white. And then you've got these other beings of color, the grays, the reptilians, you know, the insectoids, you know, you take all of those and those aren't nice guys and they don't treat you well and their communication is not very good. You know, that, you know, when they have any communication at all with the experiencers. So, yeah, there's uh, there's some that aren't so smart, I guess. You know, they they say they're, they're being used as workers, you know, whatever. It's just part of the, the whole delusion itself. Yeah. Um, so apparently they did some x-rays. So I'm going to play this video and then we'll talk about this. These two tiny mummified bodies. Oops. Images Sorry. El primer estudio que se hizo fue una tomografía computarizada. El segundo estudio que se hizo fueron placas de rayos X simple y el tercero fue un estudio de fluoroscopía. En los tres estudios se trató de ver la estructura, el esqueleto de estos cuerpos y se logró determinar que sí pertenece a un esqueleto único, no armado, no armado, de una sola pieza íntegra. Easy for him to say. I don't speak Mexican, sorry, <laughs> Spanish. Um, no, did you notice the hip and the the sockets for the legs, how they were just conveniently stuck up against where it, it's not in the socket. It's actually like stuck against the bottom of the pelvis bone. I thought that was interesting. Well, keep in mind, um, I looked at the information that's come out on these. And, you know, keep in mind that skeletons fall apart after time. You know, once they once all the muscle and the skin and it, you know the fibrous stuff just you know dissolves away um, or, or decays away, and you're left with the bone matter. You know, keep in mind that this is the biggest controversy with Neanderthal, uh, with creation scientists. You know, creation scientists believe in young Earth uh, because of the global flood and everything from that. And based on you know the genealogy of the Bible, it tells us. Uh, genealogy from adam all the way up to jesus and we know how far long it's been from jesus to now so 
what we're looking at here when they they looked at Neanderthal is Neanderthal has that protruding draw jaw that makes it look ape-like and you know large eyebrows you know brow ridge and cheekbones and things like that but there was a a book i read some years ago that where a, a, a an orthopedic surgeon a dentist orthopedic surgeon uh, was looking at this from the dentist perspective because in dentistry when you go in to get um fitted for your dentures uh they want to make sure that your dentures are going to last a while you know um so they have to fit you based on growth of your facial features because over time uh i mean you can look at my younger pictures and look at me now and you'll see that you know the ears get bigger the nose get bigger the cheekbones get bigger the eyebrows get big, uh, you know eyebrow range gets bigger you know that's just part of the growth of the human body don't well, forget the beard, Joe. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, so if you take that in mind, which this, this guy did, and looking at uh, Neanderthal, when he had an opportunity to actually get in and hold the skulls and look at them, uh, two things he found out is, one, that the jaw was in the wrong place. Because the jaw doesn't stay attached to a skull once all the fibrous material decays away it falls to the side it it's nothing to connect it and it's the same with ball and socket joints too is they can come to where there's nothing holding them together anymore your knee joint what keeps the knee together is all the ligaments and tendons it tear it tear a, a you know a, a knee tendon and see what happens you know you, you ain't walking and these are things that you have to look at because he also found that uh, they've got a computer program where they can take your facial features and age them, turn them up and see what you're going to be in 20 years. You know, because if you're going to wear dentures for that long, you want to make sure they stay fitted for a while and give it enough leeway to be able to stay there and, you know, and adjust, stay adjusted to your facial changes, facial feature changes. But what this guy found is he said, hmm, I wonder if I crank that time up and just keep going like in biblical times where they talked about, you know, people living eight, 900 years. So what if I take and turn that up? What does the human face look like? And lo and behold, they look like Neanderthal man. Mm -hmm. Because everything starts getting bigger and bigger. So what they had realized, what he had realized was this was not an ancient creature that had been around millions of years ago, these were probably skeletal features from either uh, right after the flood or pre-flood, you know, beings. It's just that scientists couldn't accept that concept. They had to believe in the evolution story that we came from apes. So they purposely, you know, made the jaw to where it would stick out like an ape-like creature. And this is what he put in his research findings. And, and it's just incredible to look at. And I think we're seeing the same thing here. These things have been around, they're saying a thousand years possibly. So all the fibrous material is gone. And these things could have moved around inside the mummy wrappings, you know, to where they're not sitting in the same place, that the hip joints aren't in the same place anymore. You know, there's something to consider. You got to look at the most simple things first. What can happen 
simply, you know. But instead, ufologists want to jump to the most extraordinary idea, you know, what's behind this. And Jaime, Jaime's just a showman, you know, he's a big time showman. And uh, talk about his 15 minutes of fame. I mean, he goes for hours of that fame, you know. <laughs> I was going to ask you about from it. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Jaime. He's he's got a he's got a reputation, that's for sure. Um, yeah. He was the one that had that little fairy thing, remember, with L.A. Marzulli yep. for a while, and then they went down yep. and they photographed, found out it was like bird bones, like glued together, yep. and chicken bones or something. Yep. Um, Jaime used to run a sixty yeah. minutes like show on uh, in Mexico uh, years ago, and you know it's it's always about Jaime. You know, have you ever met Jaime? I had a chance to talk with him one time to share my work with him, uh, which he was really not interested because, you know, we no. we made this comment before, you know, that I'm not just a game changer, I'm a game stopper. And so <laughs> they really don't want to talk to me. You are the Debbie Downer of uh, alien <laughs> research for sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Well, why don't you we know, play this little would... clip? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. If people would actually take my work serious and understand what I'm saying here, we could we could put this whole phenomenon behind us, and it, you'd realize it. We we would look back 50 years from now and go, "Did we really believe that stuff?" You know. <laughs> you know what though? It's it wouldn't be as fun. And then why would we have you back on, yeah. Joe? Because there would be nothing to talk about. Exactly. So we need to... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we need to keep it going. All right. Well, let's watch this little video someone put together about Jaime. Are these actual alien remains? During a special public hearing, Mexican lawmakers were shown the remains and told under oath of their 2017 discovery in a mine in Peru. Lawmakers were told the remains had been preserved thanks to a specific kind of rock that prohibits the growth of bacteria and fungi. The remains were described as non-human, having three fingers on each hand. They were also said to be up to 1800 years old, according to carbon dating. But who's the guy making these claims? That would be ufologist and researcher, Jose Jaime Mausan. It's unclear how Mausan came into possession of the alleged remains, but he insists that they are non-human. Lawmakers were also shown the results of a medical examination that found that the beings had large brains and eyes that provided them with stereoscopic vision, but no teeth. This is not the first time Maussan has claimed that non-human remains, especially with three fingers, had been discovered. Back in 2015, Maussan thought that an excavated mummy unearthed in the Nazca region of Peru was an alien, but it was later concluded that the mummified remains were actually those of a small child. What also didn't help was that the mummy had an elongated skull, a characteristic many UFO enthusiasts have clung to as proof of a body being extraterrestrial. But anthropologists have noted that elongated skulls like that of the 2015 find are actually the result of an ancient practice in which young children's heads were bound with cloth, rope, or even wooden boards. Maussan made his recent claims during a public hearing held by Mexico's Congress regarding how to discuss unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAP, within a potential aerial space protection law. It's a law that, if approved, would make Mexico the first nation to formally acknowledge alien life on Earth. So, here's my theory on this, okay? Like, we have many people living right now in remote areas of the world with deformities or strange-looking shapes, you know, physicality strange shaped heads. Um, I mean, we have dwarfism, like you have all these different things. Now let's fast forward a thousand years and someone digs up one of them and they're gonna like, Oh, it's a non-human. Oh, they've only had three fingers. Well, how do we know someone wasn't, there are people that are born with three or four fingers. There's people that are born with six fingers. I've seen it. Yeah. Like, so does that make them not human or just deformed? I don't know. I, to me, it just seems to, I don't know. I, I every time they do this, it, same thing with the uh, evolution, like you were talking about before. They, you know, they dig up someone and they're, oh, see, they're, they're, 
their feet are, are their toes are curled and they uh that's because they were hanging from limbs like what like okay i can tell you this <laughs> my own hands i have probably the ugliest hands in america i'm not lying from carpentry okay so these hands have been abused they used to be very nice looking hands back in the day they were they weren't calloused i didn't my knuckles weren't all swollen <laughs> like they i could have been maybe a hand model who knows in a better day <clears throat> but now you you don't even like i go to hand people money at the drive through and they don't even want to take the money from my hands it's that gross so i mean would they would i be considered now non-human perhaps i don't know perhaps. i mean wait, those, those, wait. Those... should should we ask michael oh ancient astronaut theorists say yes okay oh, yes well, it's I mean... clear you think about it seeing those uh you see the the natives that can climb trees and have their feet are all their feet have adjusted to the way they live just their yeah, feet the and their toes spread out and they, yeah they do they it's amazing what our bodies will do just in a lifetime mm -hmm. not not i mean not to mention it 800 years 900 years 700 i mean even even two or 300 years can you imagine what we'd look like it it would be a you know, if you didn't see one of us for 200 years, we may not, we probably wouldn't recognize each other. Probably not. Because it's so much change. But yeah, we, no, we I, can adapt, right? We adapt to environment. We adapt to occupation. Yeah, sure. I mean, physical change. It's, we see this in animals. Mm -hmm. We see different breeds oh, of animals oh. that, that, you know, I don't, and not evolve. What do they call that? Is it macro evolution or micro? I always mix them up. No, it's I think it's adaptation. An adaptation. But they call it, there's a, yeah. I think it's macro. I think it's macro. Yeah. But people don't, you know, the, the, the one thing they have to throw out in science to make evolution work is one of the main laws of physics, and that's the, the law of entropy, entropy mm -hmm. that everything is in decay. You know, yeah. we're the reason that we have so many issues in humanity right now is because of how far down the line we are from first man, mm -hmm. you know, and first woman. You know, they were perfect in their generation, but everything is just mutation after mutation, you know, all the way down the line. Mm -hmm. And the constant breeding, you know, with all of these mutations that are coming out just makes us worse and worse. You know, we're not getting better. You know, the new age thinks that we're evolving to a, a higher species. <laughs> I don't think so, you know. You know, especially when you look at some of the people that say that, you know, it's like, well, I'd hate to see what you came from. You know, if this is your evolving, you know, no, it's they got to throw that law out completely. And that's what I challenge people on. You know, if, if you can't just pick and choose the laws you want to follow, mm -hmm. you know, they're all there that you got to deal with them. I want to know how this Jaime guy keeps getting in the national spotlight in Mexico. I mean, how did he get into Congress? I mean, it's embarrassing to the Congress. I mean, not that. If it was in America, I could understand it, but I don't know the Mexican Congress. But I mean, it's are they a bunch of clowns too that aren't doing their job and uh, don't serve the people, or and they just in, are trying to like showboat? I don't get it. Like, why invite a guy that has he's kind of the Geraldo Rivera of Mexico, right? I mean, yeah. he's you know, there you let's go. go to the Al, let's go to the Al Capone and safe and you know spend two hours watching a show and then he opens it and it's empty, right? I mean, like it's I don't know, it just seems ridiculous. He's the he's the he's the Stephen Greer of Mexico. There you go. That, that's a good one. Good one. Very. So good. we've got our own, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we do. We have quite a few, actually. Yeah. Yeah, there are quite a few. We've got our own. Uh, I call it the UFO traveling circus. 
You know, they just <laughs> go from conference to conference and take your money and put on a little show, but you really get nothing out of it, just a tease and, you know, some entertainment. And see, that would upset a lot of people. That, that might upset some people watching right now, actually. But you know what? The, you have to, sometimes you have to step back and you have to look and say, okay, what is the objective? What is really yeah. going on? And I know, like when I was younger and I was really into this stuff, I mean, I wanted it to be real. I wanted this thing to be real. I mean, I, would, sure. I did everything in my power to make sure it was real. But when you start investigating, you really look at the facts, you start seeing patterns, and I, that's one thing Red I'm kind of good at. I, yeah, I can start seeing these patterns. And I, I was like, okay, something ain't right. And and I'm not saying these these people... Okay, like, okay, I like Nick Pope. He seems like an intelligent man. He's written some great stuff, whatever. But, you know, I mean, he has, he has a certain worldview that is going to keep putting money in the bank. Okay, mm -hmm. so like, <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying that's his occupation. His occupation is to make sure that this narrative keeps going forward. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. I don't, I don't know the man's heart. I'm not trying to judge him. I, I like him. I think he's, he's a very interesting person. He's very intelligent, obviously, but it's like, at some point you have to start saying, okay, why aren't they looking at your evidence? Why, if you really want to know the truth about something, you have to look at everything. Don't you, you don't just look at one side of the story. I mean, I wouldn't want but that in, people, in, in a court case. But people don't want the truth. What they want is their mm -hmm. concept of the truth verified for them. That's what they want. I was, I was thinking and, about it. And I'm not going to yeah. bring you that. I'm going to bring you what the truth actually is. What is mm -hmm. the facts? What does the research show? I'm sorry if it hurts your feelings, but this is what it is. If you don't want the truth, then continue following those guys. They'll continue to take your money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they make a lot of money. Yeah, they Lots. do. I was thinking about what you said earlier about the um, about the head wrapping, you know, and and how early on, you know, they had the skulls. Oh, look, these are extraterrestrial mm -hmm. skulls. And then they're like, well, wait a second, you know, anthropologists say that this is an ancient thing that they've been doing. But then all they all the all the, the sensationalists have to do is fall back and say, well, the only reason they were doing that is because they saw beings like this and they were trying to emulate that. And it's amazing because I've heard that before. And I'm like, so no matter what you have, your outcome is the same no matter what. Either they're alien skulls or they're doing it because they're influenced by aliens. It can't just be something that started in their culture and they were just happening to do it. And it's weird to me because you're right. You know, a lot of times you'll people will leap to the most sensational entertaining thing and they'll leap over a whole bunch of real rational explanations for what's going on and yeah. to me your research shows the most rational explanation for this because every time somebody tells me or every time i've heard that these benevolent beings are going to come and they're going to help us they're going to save us from ourselves i have to ask myself why aren't we helping um the chimpanzees not go to battle with the baboons in the wild. Like, why aren't we helping the, you know, and yes, we try to save endangered species. I get that. But what's the incentive for doing so? Why would anybody come and try to force another being to, I guess, rise to their, whatever they evolved to thousands of years earlier than us? I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense if somebody naturally got to a point that they would go back thousands of years and be like, well, I'm going to bring you to this point now instantly as if that somehow would change us. But you see the same thinking from like, for example, 
um, the people that think uh, that there's a secret group of people behind the scenes that are going to fix everything. And they're looking for a savior in all the wrong places because this is that savior complex, yep. right? It's that religious yep. thing that's built into us where we're looking for a savior, the right politician, the aliens, whoever it is. But it's Jesus. It's only Jesus. That's what it comes down to. And it's very simple at the end of it. It's a very simple, simple thing. Um, but all of our, what I think came out of eating from the fruit of knowledge is this nonstop intellect we have where it wants to do that. It wants to imagine new things sure. and create new narratives. But yeah, well, uh, Michael, not... Michael, the problem, Michael, though, is that <clears throat> all of your other things, there's no accountability required with those. But there's an accountability when it comes to Jesus. So no one, uh, uh, as human beings, fallen nature in our fallen nature, we don't want accountability. Oh, no. We run from accountability, right? We love to hide in the darkness and do what we want to do and and you know live the way we want to live. But one day we all are going to answer to the Creator. Um, but it's a shame that it it is this thing of it's. I think it's an ego, <laughs> to be honest. It, it always comes down to pride of man and stuff like that, where sure. we just want to make sure we're in control. And then if we're not in control, well, maybe these other entities can be in control because they're smarter than us. Now, let's think about this. They're smarter than us. They're more intelligent. So they'll be better than us. They've, they've, you know, they're more morally superior than us. But don't we already have a God that's morally superior and is intelligent? And why wouldn't we want to run to him if he's an all loving God rather than these aliens who we have no idea whether they're loving or not? And it does seem to appear they're not very loving. <laughs> Slightly. Slightly, yes. Uh, and that's something that's so fantastic to listen to these testimonies, you know, people that have been through the experience. Even with the horrific experiences, a lot of them will still succumb to, you know, the the alien gospel that is being asked to be preached by them. And, it, you know, that shows the whole Stockholm Syndrome that is talked about in this phenomenon. That you know, they just—it's it, a—it's an absolute brainwashing experience that these people are going through, and this whole thing about you know no accountability—you know—I have to testify to that because you know for those that have heard my testimony, I, I spent years into the New Age metaphysical realm as 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 a practitioner myself, trying to understand the connection to the UFO phenomenon to the abduction experience, and I'll tell you. Drug use is, is is as wide as can be in that, you know, that aspect, that community, because it's about the experience. It's about opening the mind, you know, to something else, you know, and, and in one sense, you've got this gut feeling that, you know, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. But on the other hand, oh, it's going to be, uh, this is how I become enlightened. You know, this is how I get closer to God, you know, so you believe me, I battled with that the whole time. Is especially when I first got into it, and, and I thought I was becoming involved with a community that had high spiritual motives to it. But <laughs> as soon as I got into to a few groups that were, you know, that were part of this community, I realized that this is not what it seemed. This is like where I came from already, you know, being involved in drugs and alcohol. And I thought, well. I don't have to be so spiritual after all, or is it a whole different kind of spirituality? And, you know, that's what seduced me into all of this is I, 
could believe that I was spiritual. I could believe that I was on an enlightened path to God, but I didn't have to give up all my bad behavior, you know, because it was just part of the life experience to be able to move on. You know, it, it's, it's all such a crazy lie, you know, but that's what people want. They don't want to be accountable. Like you said, mm -hmm. it always I comes remember. down to that. Yeah. I remember being on the yeah. ship and reading A Purpose Driven Life, and I was reading that book. I wasn't a Christian. I was reading it. I was reading it. I got to the point of the salvation piece, and I turned that book. I put it. I just put it down. I put it down and never picked it back up again. Yeah. Got saved a year later. Thank you, Lord. But, you know, I, remembered, I remember so vividly that moment of I, I knew it was true, but I didn't want to answer. I, and, and the funny thing about it is salvation, you don't have to answer for. Like, it, it's done for you. It's a free gift. Yeah. You know, you just That's have to accept it. Um, but, but, that but that's the lie the enemy's selling us, though. Mm -hmm. You have to get right. Yeah. You have to get right. Mm -hmm. Well, the other common denominator with all these, you know, alien abductions and, and contact, it's always the same. It's amazing how they always tell you that Jesus is either not real. Um, he's, you know, he ascended high as he's one of the higher consciousness. Uh, what are they? I forgot what they call it in the new age. You would know, Joe. Um, you know, it's always this thing of he's this great spiritual leader. Ascended master, um, right? Ascended, ascended master, master, that's the word. Yes, yeah. yes, ascended master. Like, it's it's never he's the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, uh, creator of all things, Alpha and Omega, right? It's none of his titles. It's always the opposite. And he, But he's a nice guy. You know, he's, a, he's this nice guy. <laughs> and I find that odd. Like, why aren't they picking on any of the other religious leaders that have been around for, you know, millennia? Isn't that and that don't even agree with each other, except in one thing, that they're anti-Christ. Right. They come to <laughs> preach this new gospel, you know, and that's, that's yes. what we're dealing with here. It's very but similar it to the Gnostic. Yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. It's similar to the Gnostic gospel. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, of course, it mirrors what we're going to see play out in Revelation. Um, with the un uniting, you know, uh, we, we've been, my wife and I have been looking into the new apostolic reformation. I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's a, mm -hmm. it's a go along to get along type of thing. It seems to unite right. the, uh, the different faiths together because, you know, ultimately we're all worshiping the same God. We just do it in different ways. And, uh, it's very interesting to see the apostasy in the Christian, in the Christian religion, you see the apostasy happening right before our eyes and you know that great falling away that's spoken of it's you know it, i don't know if it's happening right now i don't know if this is the event but it seems to be a type and shadow of what is to come and it's um sure. it just shows me it proves to me more just all the more of how truth how true uh the inspired word of god is when you uh when you study it Yeah, 100%. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and play this. Uh, remember George Knapp? He was uh, Channel 8 in Las Vegas. He was the one that had the mm -hmm. Bob Lazar uh, interview originally. This is an old video clip I just found with uh, John Lear. You've probably seen it before, but let's play that. My guest again this week is UFO researcher, former state Senate candidate, and uh, award-winning pilot John Lear. Mr. Lear, nice to have you here again. Always a pleasure to be here, George. Um, to begin with, uh, we have this concept of the people from other planets as little green men. Um, 
Are they green from what you know? Uh, are they all the same or we got different kinds of them? George, there's at least 70 different species and probably more. But yes, uh, as odd as it sounds, there are little green men. That's not the ones we usually see though. We see the little gray ones. They're about uh, four and a half feet tall. And we see the ones that uh, are called the Nordics. They're about seven feet tall, look like us, but they're invariably blonde hair and blue eyed. They're one of the species that we have on ice. Um, um, one of their crashes we recovered. Obviously, with different species, they have different motives. I mean, are there are there good aliens and bad aliens? Good aliens from what you and know? bad aliens, and all kinds of ways and reasons for interacting with us. And what are some of the reasons? Why why would they be here? Uh, genetic experiments, uh, uh, trying to uh, there, you know, there's a misconception here. People think that uh, our space brothers would bring us uh, you know uh, good things and uh, teach us uh, how to get rid of all our diseases and. Uh, you know, if you get to, if you stop and think about it, that may not be the best thing because if you uh, had a, had a uh, society without any disease and everybody starts living 150 years, that creates a lot of problems. So uh, they would not meddle in that, in that way. You believe uh, in part that the movies uh, E.T., uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, were not entirely just uh, the creative products of some Hollywood director, that maybe there's more to that. Why don't you explain? They were carefully um, guided by representatives from MJ-12, who is this organization that is in charge of the cover-up, in order to get us ready for the release of the information that there are, are indeed aliens. And uh, in both those movies, they used small little creatures and uh, in order to get us ready for this uh, release of information. So to prepare us that the idea of benevolent aliens from outer space yeah, uh, are going to help us out. Unfortunately, uh, they're, not, they're, they're not so benevolent. So they made a, probably one of the most disastrous mistakes when uh, E.T. was uh, put out. At that time was before we uh, discovered what I call the double cross uh, or the grand deception. And uh, they were trying to get us used to the benevolent little creatures. And, uh, but that isn't the case. That's why aliens is a more true indicator. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Which one? Aliens one, two, three. How many are there now? All Four? of the above. There's all six. of the above. There's yeah. six. Yeah. yeah. All of the above. So let's let's go down this road because he's talking about seventy different species of aliens and all that stuff. Um, and look, we know that obviously us three agree it's demons. Okay. Demons can masquerade as anything they want. I I've said this before. I. I just wonder how they do it. Like, do they have a closet just full of different costumes, like Halloween costumes <laughs> that they throw on and manifest in, right? And, Ooh, that's a scary one. You know, whatever. I don't know. Michael's talked about the meat suit many times. I'm with him. I do believe there is something fishy going on in the genetic realm. Like, I'm sure our government and, you know, when Operation Paperclip happened and then the Nazis came over and the things they were experimenting and they were heavily into the occult, um, it doesn't surprise me that they were experimenting and doing some really crazy experiments on human beings and crossbreeding hybrids, all this other stuff. I don't believe they're coming from, you know, Zeta Ticuli or whatever out in the ninth quadrant or something like this. They're coming from here. It's scientists doing crazy things. They've probably been doing it for a long time. Um, and demons have to inhabit a body. That's what they do. Jesus cast them into pigs. They even went into pigs at one point, right? So for me, I, I, Michael's meat suit theory, and Michael, you could obviously exp expound upon this, um, makes 
a lot of sense to me. Like, I do believe there are some physical things going on. It's not all just spiritual. It is, I, mean, I shouldn't say that. Let me preface that. It is spiritual, but it can take form in a body that's been made specifically for it to be housed in. Would Michael, go ahead and explain your Mitsu, and then we'll let Joe comment on that. The meat suit theory just it came. It was before we talked to Joe that I started thinking about this. This is before um, coming to the full realization. I think it was even, I think I had just gotten his book and hadn't read any of it yet when we talked about this. But this is something that at the time I was thinking if they are demons, maybe they've been able to somehow create these bodies, these physical bodies that they can inhabit. But that has changed to maybe they've influenced people to make chimeras that they can somehow inhabit. I really don't know, but what leads me to believe that that may not be the case is the fact that the these uh, cultists, they, the drawings of the familiar spirit, I can't remember his name. What is his name? A dang Satanist guy. With his oh, Elster Crowley. Elster Crowley. Right, so he yeah. drew that familiar spirit. It looks exactly like a gray, mm -hmm. you know? So if they make the meat suits somehow maybe they're making them the way <laughs> that they look <laughs> that they've been appearing but i'm i'm actually more on that, that it's entirely spiritual at this point you know i i don't i don't know if we have the capabilities i i feel like what they present us with as our capabilities a lot of times is not fully true and so there are areas where i think we are more capable and i think there are areas where they say that we are more capable but we're less capable and so I don't know until I see, you know, some kind of weird evidence for myself if I can if I can be fully on board with my original meat suit theory, Gino. <laughs> well, I like that. the meat suit theory. I like it. But I got to say, um, good point. Joyful Lily had talked about the experiment that Hubbard and Parsons were doing, right? And they were basing it on Aleister Crowley's work before them. And, you know, they opened up this, they set a portal or this thing where these entities were coming through. But, I mean... That's what a Ouija board does. That's what seances do. It's the same entities that are coming through. They're familiar spirits. They're, um, you know, these, but, these but, things but, that... But, but I'm a scientist. Trust me. I'm a scientist. <laughs> what I'm doing is scientific. Okay. It is not magic or uh, spiritual true. in nature. That is true. It, that, yeah. it, it's, it's a blind spot. It seems like a complete blind spot. And I think it's because they want it to be. I want it to be this way, so my mindset is going to be... It's just similar to the evolution story, right? I want a story, but I want a story that's palatable, palatable um, and that I don't have to end up being accountable for anything. So the evolution story fits that, but it doesn't but it, fit a lot of the problems we've already discussed. The reality, it, does, it doesn't fit. Don't you think, but don't you think like it does seem like the narrative is they're trying to change it because they understand it is something different than what they thought. It is a spiritual thing. They're calling it interdimensional, right? And they got all these other terms they're using. But they're seeing like, okay, yeah, you know what? This traveling, you know, millions and millions of light years, you know, and some spacecraft doesn't seem feasible, even if they can get through some wormhole or, you know, whatever their theories are, uh, multiverses. It's their understanding that these things are very similar to the paranormal things that happen in people's homes with, you know, so-called ghosts. Right. It's 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 the same trickery. It's the same demonic trickery that's going on. So, Joe, where you know, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, because you're you're obviously upfront and personal with these people that have been abducted. You've had over what is it over 700 people now that you've evaluated? Yeah, it just keeps growing. Yeah. 
yeah yeah so let's talk to the talk to the good folks out there that might be new to this and you know thinking it is this alien abduction thing but it's really not that's not what you've discovered all right you asked for it but we're going to open this can of worms up okay (laughs) there you go we're going to go down that rabbit hole so what do we know about these experiences not just not just abduction experiences but ufo sightings we know that things things can appear and disappear ufo sightings as well as the beings themselves that people report they can go through the walls they can defy the physics as we know it these are the things that we're now recognizing and have been for the past 50 60 70 years looking at this phenomenon these are things that in the beginning didn't make sense and now we're getting to a point where we're trying to cope with it and understand it and try to make sense of it but you know i gotta tell you it's nothing new how about if i share with you just what i described okay from an event that happened 2,000 years ago. The same type of things we are seeing now. I can show you not only happened 2,000 years ago, but probably even more. But this one case I can take you to that's at least 2,000 years old. This is something I've been working on. Oh, cool. It Do you need to from share the Bible? Oh, okay. It comes from the Bible. I can read it. It's easy. Mm-hmm. And it's we're going to use the book of Matthew in the New Testament, chapter 28. And it talks about Jesus's resurrection from the tomb. And afterwards, it says, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. That's where Jesus was buried, the tomb. And behold, on their way there, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment as white as snow. So this is the light being. We hear that mentioned a lot of times in the New Age and people having encounters. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead. Who were the keepers? The keepers were the Roman soldiers that were positioned at that tomb to make sure that that body didn't get stolen so that they could perpetrate their delusion of Jesus rising from the dead. These are the Roman soldiers that were personally picked to be there to make sure no hanky-panky or anything went on, to make sure this guy they crucified stayed dead in that grave. But yet it says here, for the fear of him, the keepers did shake because they saw this angel. This is what this reports. And they became as dead men. Mm -hmm. It just stunned them to no end. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. 
he is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. So let's look at this before I keep going. So the angel's telling them, this angel that appeared from where? Not here. Came from someplace else. But yet they could see him. And tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. So the question is, did the angel need to roll the stone away for Jesus to come out of the tomb? No. No, not at all. Jesus was gone before he moved the stone. He was on his way to Galilee. Mm -hmm. So why did they move the stone? So that they could see that he was gone. Mm-hmm. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said, okay, so here he is. He's physical to them. They got to meet him. And they held him by his feet. Feet. They could feel him. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus said unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers. These were the soldiers that were watching the tomb saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and they did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. I'll stop right there with that one. So you take that from Matthew, and then you look at the ones from Mark and Luke and John. You will see that this Jesus, who died on the cross and was buried in the tomb, left that tomb. Left the tomb. He was not in a physical form as we are. He had to be in something different to leave a stone tomb. And then later, he appears, and he's physical. This is reading from Luke. And then, and their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter, ran into the sepulcher, stooping down. He beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. The clothes were still in the tomb. What's Jesus wearing? 
<laughs> on his yeah, way to Galilee. <laughs> Is he streaking to Galilee? <laughs> I'm going to say probably not. Probably but, uh, not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, something to consider. So he, not only did he appear out of the tomb, but so did some clothes with him. These are things you have to look at. These are things that we're seeing the identical type of things in this UFO realm today. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which is from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together all these things which had happened. And when it came to pass that while they communed together in reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. So how is that possible? The ladies saw them. The Marys knew who he was. But he made it so that they couldn't. And he said of them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered, saying unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have him crucified. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels which said he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the woman had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter in his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded upon them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they, const they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. Hmm. And didn't remember he ate fish with them also. Yeah. They had a little barbecue on the beach. Remember that? Yeah. Never... <laughs> yep. So smoked so fish or something. So these are things so, yeah. that I've been looking at. These things, I believe, when you look at the resurrection of Jesus and the descriptions of the ability that he had in this resurrected body, I believe the answers are here for us to understand how these entities can work and deceive us. Because the understanding is he was in his spiritual body when he, was, when he resurrected from that tomb. And this spiritual body and the abilities of this spiritual body mirror what we're seeing these entities able to do in this UFO phenomenon, whether it be with abductions, or whether it be with sightings. 
Keep in mind with abductions, I don't believe their phys- people are physically taken anywhere. I believe this is something that's it's a spiritual visionary experience that's given to people in the mind in a state that they're susceptible to be able to have that done to them. This is the same thing we saw with Jesus, where he was able to appear but confuse their minds where they didn't recognize him. Okay. The spiritual body has this ability, the ability to come from nowhere to be in their presence in a room, to be able to be there and then not be there. That is easily understandable if you look at physics and what they call hyperphysics, when something, an entity has the ability to step from an, another realm, another dimension into ours. We're seeing that exactly described here. Science doesn't go against biblical scripture. Science supports biblical scripture in almost every sense, if you really get into the study of it. And the thing is, usually when it does, usually when we recognize it does, is science has just come to understand something. But yet when they understand that it fits biblical scripture, the biblical scripture it's referring to and accepting as this is the same thing is thousands of years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this whole concept of this Bible, you know, people are in search of something paranormal. They love the paranormal. It's seductive. It's something that is intriguing. But the one thing that they don't understand, and I think this is the best ploy of the enemy, is This Bible, this Word of God as Christians, as we call it, and we understand it to be, is the most paranormal thing in the universe. Oh, yes. You want paranormal? Read the Bible. Mm -hmm. It is fascinating. There are over 11,000 scriptures pertaining to prophecy in this Bible. 8,000 of them have been fulfilled 100%. Give me something that matches that. Give me mm-hmm. anything that matches that. Give me any other ism that has a book that's based on prophecy fulfillment. There's none. And you want to follow something paranormal? This is paranormal. And if you're looking at it this way, if there's 8,000 of those 11,000 fulfilled, 100%, there's a good odds that every one of those that are left are going to be fulfilled 100%. Mm-hmm. So when I tell you that I'm seeing this as a prophecy in work, in fulfillment right now, when I tell you that I believe that this is part of this strong delusion that is talked about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, you better take note and you better start looking at it and trying to understand, could this be? Because if it is, this is a game changer for every single person out there that is deceived by this delusion, because this is an eternal choice that you're making. If it's taking your eyes away from the one true God, there's an eternal, eternal penalty for that. Mm-hmm. There's no coming back. This is something you need to be aware of. You thought the idea of the movie Aliens being bad? No. This is bad. This is much worse. Aliens could in the movie could take your life. 
But this phenomenon, believing in it, can take your soul eternally. Mm, yeah. Well done. Sorry to get preachy. No, that was good. That was good. Yeah, and it and was. it's um I, I actually Chops brought up a point that I was thinking too. He said it is my opinion that Jesus didn't change at all, that the perceptive ability of the observers had to go to catch up. And that was always my my um reading of that scripture too, that maybe because he was in his glorified body, they didn't recognize him as such, even though the women did. Um that's the part I was always a little confused. I'm like, well, how did the Marys understand it was him, but then yet his own disciples didn't recognize him and some of the other people in town. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fascinating to think about that because that is what we're up against. We we're spiritual beings, right? There, there is a spirit realm where we are very well aware of it. And it even, I think it's, isn't it just about every religion in the world believes in the spiritual side of it, other than, you know, and obviously atheism or agnostics or something, but Sure. Even science is recognizing the other dimensions. They just don't call it the spirit world. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> yeah, that was really good, Joe. That was excellent. I'm glad you expounded on that because that's. I think that's such a valid point to bring up so that people understand that. Because the people that are involved in these abductions, these so-called abductions, um, it is a spiritual event. They all describe it that way. I mean, they might sure. not know the ter the terms, the biblical terms or whatever, but that's exactly what they're experiencing. Experiencing. I don't know. It's. A, can you give us an example of um, a case that you dealt with that would kind of exemplify what you just said? Uh, let's see. One of my early cases, I, I talk about it in my book. And it, it's the idea of whether it's a physical experience or not. And the story is about uh, a friend of mine that I used to work with when I was at the boat company. Um, Hippie Bob, we called him. Hippie Bob was a character, great guy to be friends with. When I got into this UFO research, he used to joke with me and he had the best jokes. He had jokes that I still have yet to hear today. <laughs> he used to he used to always joke at me about my involvement in it. But then one day, that all changed. I was working second shift. I'd moved to second shift, and I was uh, running the, the uh, fab welding fabrication department at the time on second shift. So I was getting home about 11 o'clock. And I remember it was a Tuesday night when I got the phone call when I walked in the house. And uh, it was Hippie Bob, and he was apologizing for all the bad things or crazy things that he had said to me over the, you know, time that I'd been involved in this. And this is by this this time that he's calling, I had already become a Christian and come across my first case and uh, understanding that hey, this wasn't what it seemed to be. And he. I asked him, Bob, why do you why are you saying this? You know, and he said, Well, I've been having these experiences. And I thought it was all great, you know, these these beings they come in fancy colors and you know, light beings, he called them. And uh they teach me things and they're I'm able to learn things from them. He said he could, you know, he could levitate himself off the couch, you know, and during experiences with them. And I said, so 
you know, so what's happening? He says, they've turned against me. They become different. Um, I don't like it anymore. And I'm asking you, you know, um, can you help me with this? You know, I don't know what's happening here. And I said, uh, yeah, you know, I just got in from work. It's late. I says, uh, we were working for 10. So we were both going to be off on Friday. I said, how about Friday? We get together and uh, I'll do an interview with you and uh, we'll talk about it. You know, we'll meet up. He says, okay. And that was the plan. Well, Thursday night came by. Again, I got home a little after 11 and uh, another phone call from Hippie Bob. Now Hippie Bob is in sheer panic mode. He is freaking out. And I'm going, Bob, what, what's going on? What's going on? I said, talk to me. He said, calm down. You know, I'm here. He said, this isn't good. They, I've been taken. And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, I've been taken, and it's not good. And I said, uh, well, tell me a little bit about it. Well, right then, he's, he starts telling me they're coming again. And I said, is your girlfriend there? Because I knew he had a girlfriend that lived with him. And uh, he said, yeah. And I said, put her on real quick. You know, let me talk to her. Because he was freaking. He knew this experience was getting ready to happen again. And it had happened to him that this same evening. And I said, put her on. And uh, she gets on the phone to go, who are you? And what is this about? What do you know? What, what's happening to Bob? And I said, just hang with me here. I said, don't hang up. I'm going to help you with this. Get an understanding. Because she had never shared any of this with, <laughs> with her. And she say, I said, what's going on with Bob? She says, he's had two things, experiences tonight. I don't know what they are, what's happened to him. And it's happening again. So by this time, Bob had gone out again on the floor. And I'm keep, I said, stay with me on the phone. He's going to be all right. Believe me, trust me, he's going to be all right. Because I knew if it had happened twice again and he's back, he's going to be okay a third time. Okay? And I said, tell me what's happened. And she did. She told me, she said that they had been out together. They uh, were part of a, a pool team, you know, that belonged to a bar, and they were going from different bars to play pool. And they were in competition pool team. And he said, she said, after the first time they went, and played he said they they were going to the next place and traveling in the car bob didn't drive she was driving and she said he started complaining they're coming they're coming and he passed out in the seat and then a couple minutes went by she says i was freaking out i thought it maybe he had a stroke or something and all of a sudden he comes to and he's just all wired and freaked out and talking crazy things you know and uh I don't know what's happening. And then later, after they went to the second place, again, it happened on the way home. A second time, same thing. So I told her, I said, it's okay. He's going to be back. Hang on. And then sure enough, I was able to get that much out information out to her. And then he comes to and grabs the phone. And the, what he says to me is, they're pissed at you. And I said, what? He goes. They're pissed at you. I said, who's pissed at me? He said, the beings are that have been taking me. I said, why are they pissed at me? Because you know what the blank is going on. And I said, Bob, 
do you know what I know now? He goes, I don't even know what they're talking about or what you're talking about. I went to my knees. That one freaked me out that I'm getting direct communication through him from these beings. That was scary for me. Mm -hmm. And I said, Bob, you're going to be fine. You're going to be okay. Let's plan. Let's do the plan. Get together for tomorrow. Get some sleep. You're going to be fine. Trust me. And I said, I'll be there. We're going to talk about this. And we ended up meeting the next day. So something to look at here that's most important. In the line of sight of his girlfriend, he was taken. Never left the car. Three different times. Yet after talking to him about these experiences later, these experiences lasted hours to him. He could tell you all the stuff that happened to him on board this crap, okay, that they did to him. Horrible things. This is not a physical experience. This is something that was given to him. Remember those three questions I told you I was going to ask at the conference? Have you ever caught yourself and go, hmm, where'd the last 15 minutes go? Where'd the last hour go? You know? They call that missing time. We've all had a little bit of that somewhere. The second one, have you ever caught yourself and you you look and you go, how did I get here? A little bit different than missing time. And then the third one, you ever had marks or scars on your body? Well, he's fitting these, okay? This is those things that you look at for these experiences. This is the same type of thing we're seeing from what I read from you in you know the story of the resurrection he wasn't taken anywhere but the whole idea the whole story was given to him the same as where jesus appeared to the apostles but they couldn't recognize him because he was able to make it so they could not he i don't believe he was different because he didn't change it didn't say that he changed it says that they realized so that had to be with them so we're seeing these same things over and over and over. What I've recently started working on and putting together, and it's part of this documentary that I'm in the process of now working with, uh, with a gentleman out of Atlanta that's a filmmaker putting together this, is the connections between all of the paranormal with the UFO phenomenon. It's one in the same source, and we're able to see that. I've got a former ghost hunter I've been working with, and she's being interviewed for this documentary. These beings act very similar as with what she was seeing in ghost hunting. Even an experience that they encountered where they got a visual, and her nephew, who was very young at the time, saw this being in a visitation in the house. and later was able to draw the um, what he thought it looked like. And it's fascinating to see this, this drawing. It's a, like a blue-colored being, and it's every bit the gray, but not in a full physical appearance, more transparent, ghost-like. But it, why didn't it appear like a human being if it's supposedly 
a dead a spirit of a dead relative or something. It didn't. It appeared as the same thing that people describe in the abduction experience. And then I'm working with a gentleman who was involved in spiritism, where he was visited by his so-called dead grandfather. And his dead grandfather was offering him things to learn and things to be able to do. And he got seduced by that and welcomed the experience and was having constant visitations by his grandfather, so-called grandfather. During these experiences, he encounters those three things that I talked about. Same with the ghost hunter. They encountered those same experiences during their experiences with ghosts. It's all the same across the board. It's just whatever it takes to get you to take your eyes off the one true God. Which door are you opening to this delusion? Because that's what you're going to get. Remember John Lear saying there were 70 plus you know, types of entities? You know, he's right in this, but not understanding why. You know that there's no two entities described exactly alike amongst the thousands and thousands and thousands of experiences. There's no two craft that people see alike in the thousands and thousands and thousands of sighting reports because they're tailor fit for you. Those are major red flags if yeah. you're an honest researcher. You know, it's kind of like a dream state, right? I mean, a dream is tailor-made for you also. <clears throat> Excuse it me. Um, lots of castle drummers dropping a lot of bombs here in the in the chat about some experiences uh, they had. Um, guys, I dropped, the, um, I dropped the Zoom link in Foxhole chat. I'll drop it again. If anybody wants to call in and ask Joe a question or if you've got a story, if you've had an experience and you want to discuss it, you can call in and talk about that. I'll put it over here in Rumble too. Uh, if you guys can click on that thumbs up on Rumble, we would definitely appreciate it. We're trying to get in the algorithms. Um, I appreciate that if you guys are enjoying it. If not, then you don't have to, obviously. You can give me the thumbs down, but <laughs> I would prefer the other one. Uh, but, Joe, that is so relevant. to When I first started investigating this, like, seriously, this is back in probably, when I first discovered you, it was probably about 2008, 2009. And I was... Um, you know, I'm looking, I'm watching all these ghost hunter shows, ghost adventures, all this stuff. And then I'm looking at the alien abductions and, and UFO sightings and all this stuff, right? And I remember like connecting the dots. That was when the aha moment came for me. And then obviously reading the Bible, I started realizing, wait a minute, it's the exact same things. And like you said, there was like three or four things that I was noticing patterns of, of the same exact thing. But yet I was thinking, why aren't the UFO guys and the paranormal guys, you know, ghost hunters, coming together and talking about this they have to see the similarities but i didn't you know i was too naive at that time to think oh maybe there's an agenda or maybe there's a lot of money being made on both sides and they don't want it to be that way they need to you know kind of kind of um, exist on their own right so yep. i'm glad you brought that point up because i think that's very a very um, key point to understanding that it is a spiritual thing going on here and they can masquerade, the Bible is very clear, they can masquerade as anything they want to masquerade as. Um, it's even, even the good angels, this is, we've entertained, how many of us have entertained angels unaware? We didn't even know they were angels because they looked like a human being for crying out loud. That happened several times in the scripture too. Um, especially when they, um, was it 
Lot, right? When they visited Lot. Yes. So, so you know, there's lots of interesting stories in the Bible that reflect exactly what you're saying. So I appreciate that. Anybody, if you guys want to call in, please go ahead and call in now. Now's a good time. Uh, Michael, any comments? I had a few, and then they left. As I was listening, I just, they, they left my mind. That's okay. They'll come back. I'm I hate sure that. something else will get in there. I know. Looks I had like, like a Chops thousand might be questions. calling in. Oh, cool. Okay, excellent. Said he's downloading warming up, Zoom right now. Warming up the system. All right, good. <laughs> yeah, you know, Joe, um, I don't know if you saw this. <laughs> so on my Thursday show, I had, um, I don't know if you know who Kathy O'Brien is. Um, she was on our Rescue the Foster show. Kathy O'Brien was an MK Ultra survivor. She's probably one of the most famous MK Ultra survivors. She's very outspoken about what happened to her, all the horrendous things they did to her experiments and things like that. And um, after we got done with the show, the next day she sent me this meme, and I thought, oh my gosh, what perfect timing. We're having Joe on, so check this out. We have information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton five <laughs> hours later. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh man, I thought that was perfect. <laughs> How timely is that? Yes. Uh, yeah. Big shout out to Kathy. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, you know this. So I'm gonna since you're on this subject, and before um, before you call in chops, I want to play this little video. It's short. There's this girl. Um, she doesn't have a huge following, probably about ten thousand followers on on um, YouTube and Instagram or something like that, but. Her name is uh, Marina. I don't know if you've seen her. And she supposedly was a contactee. She's young. She's about 20, 21 years old. Pretty girl from, I think, Sweden. Um, and she's having all these contact experiences and she's gaining all this knowledge and, you know, teaching everybody the knowledge that she's gaining. But I, there's two short clips I, I took from an interview with her recently, and I want you to check this out. Welcome back. We have our guest, Marina Seren, back. And um, Marina... You say that you've been a contactee. What does that mean? Well, it means that you're getting touched with higher aspects of yourself that are expressing themselves in us um, different kind of consciousness, which is all you know part of other star systems. Because when we have extraterrestrial consciousness, we're just not creating like a, a interaction with other beings that are just a different species. It's aspects of our own consciousness many times, because right here on Earth, many of those um, expressions of our oversouls are deciding to participate in our um, assistance to Earth through their transformational times of Earth. So most of them are kind of like family or other um, expressions of ourself. So you're saying that we've got some heavy duty help underway right now, is that correct? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So can you get more specific about who and what that help is? Well, there are many different beings from um, different galaxies and star systems, but the most among the, the highest percentage of, of these beings are the ones that are part of our genetic makeup, which is the ones that I was talking about because of their specific genetic connections. So they see this as an opportunity for them, not not just for us to be helped, but for them to be of service. Because when you're of service, you're also being service to self. You're also helping yourself to grow farther. Sounds like the same old tired story, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, 
I've got a face that I used to follow another woman years ago when I was in the new age. It's been 25 years now. And all I'd have to do is put her face onto that girl's face and nothing would be any different. You know, people don't look at the past. They don't. These new young people just like that think this is all brand new. It's not. Talk to an old guy that's been part of it. It's not new. It's the same lie. It's just repackaged. You never bothered to see that this has been going on for so long now. You know, it goes back into the late 50s and 60s from spiritism turning into the contact experience. It's the same messages. Nothing's come, nothing's happening. They're not helping us in any way. You know, it's the same blah, 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 blah. But she feels chosen. She feels special. She's doing everything to get her, you know, face on video, you know, to get her count. That's what it's all about now. So, but she just doesn't realize what she's opened up to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot scarier than those messages that she's trying to give us. And, you know, it's well, she talks about is, she she ahead. talks about them doing things to her too on other videos that I've watched where that aren't very pleasant. But yet she's yeah. because she's chosen and she's special, she's willing to go along with it for the, you know, the greater cause, I guess. That's your Stockholm syndrome, you know? Mm-hmm. That's your Patty Hearst syndrome. Yeah. Course, yeah how many of your authors how many of your listeners know who Patty Hearst is, but if you go back and look at your past, you'll see that Patty so Hearst true. went through the same thing, you know? But she ended up carrying an AK forty seven in a bank with her captors, you know? got caught on film doing it and it wasn't because they made her i mean i wouldn't have given that girl a gun if she if she couldn't be trusted but yet she was kidnapped by them and brainwashed by them and then next thing you know she's supporting them that's exactly what we're seeing here that is the stockholm syndrome Hmm. well i got one more clip and i want you to listen very carefully to what she says at the end here i was just sharing my perspective on asking for help Um, and and I really do think that we have to be aware of the kind of help we invite in you know that we want to invite the help in that's in alignment with Christ consciousness with with love whatever you want to call it Um, do you do you feel it's important that we invite help in at this time of transformation Yes, because many times these beings are there waiting for the their own call to be received, you know, to be, um, to you know, because they, as much as they wish they could help us, regardless of, you know, any interference in our communication, uh, they have to have a green light given by us for them to co-create with us more, um, more energetically active, you know, because there's allowed no non-interaction, you know. So sometimes it will have to take us to be aware of their help, of their possibility of getting assisted for us to say, yes, you know, come to us. We're ready. We want to co-create so that they can um, be more in communion with us and yes, participate. Oh, that pesky little thing called free will. Uh, yeah. You know, I got a quote here that's uh, fitting for this little video. These entities are clever enough to make Strieber, Whitley Strieber, 
think that they care about him, yet his torment by them never ceases. Whatever his relationship to the entities, and he increasingly concludes that their involvement with him is something good, he also remains terrified of them and uncertain as to what they are. That was from John Ankerberg. Hmm. I, I actually new. put up I actually put up your other quote, Joe, because I thought you were going to go with this one at first. <laughs> the UFO disclosure movement is not about uh, us yeah. revealing who they are, but about them revealing who they are. Yes. Exactly. You know, this. Uh, the, I'm finding this so often, exactly what this girl is saying. I came across it watching a documentary on uh, UFOs and activity over Fukushima, Japan. And there's a, a point in the interview where uh, the girl that's interviewing this guy that's uh, head of the UFO group there near Fukushima in Japan, she asks him, so how do I get to see these UFOs? And his blunt answer is, first you have to believe. Hmm. <laughs> Open the door. Let wow. them in. Uh, real chops. Um, there shouldn't be a passcode. You should just be able to click on it, and then I let you in. It'll let you in the waiting room. Here, I'll paste it again here in Foxhole. Uh, just copy and paste that, and then you should be able to get right in, and then you'll be in the in the waiting room, and I'll let you in. Yep. I think I think our uh, our show tonight is uh, upsetting the Galactic Federation. I don't think they're going to us. Good. <laughs> Probably. Good. Yes. Probably not. <laughs> Star Wars. We should, we should ask the ancient alien theorists if they agree. <laughs> well, I don't know, Michael. <laughs> haven't, haven't we heard enough from them already tonight? Ancient oh. astronaut theorists say yes. Well, I, I guess they agree. <laughs> they're in communion with yeah. these guys, so they're no. That's my new favorite soundbite. <laughs> Man, no, you know the uh, I, that girl. I feel sorry for this girl because she seems so like innocent, right? She's so sweet, just young, doesn't know better yet. Honestly, yeah. believes in her heart that she's doing the right thing for humanity. She's been chosen, right? That's how it is for all these, not all of them, but a lot of the abductees have this similar yeah. experience of, well, I know they're doing weird things to my genitals and to my body parts, but, you know, I, and, and sometimes they're not so nice, but it's for the greater good of, of humankind. Like that, that's always like this prevailing thing. And it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it nice remember um, that uh remember that uh cult the nvi nx ivm uh keith rainier the guy who yes. was having them yes. brand themselves Branded. and he was filming mm -hmm. them and doing all and they were just doing it they're just it's amazing to me how yeah. people can be conditioned into some of the worst behaviors yeah. yet people people know this this is not a secret yet they are willing to open themselves up to that experience from an unknown source. Because nobody, yeah, nobody and can while claim... they got kids in the house, right, right. Oh man, yeah, that's even that's that's another layer. That, I mean, and and I think I've told you, Joe, in the past uh, about some early memories I had. My dad would be he was in the Rosicrucian Order. He had a uh, altar that was in my bedroom, and um, I mean, I moved out of this house when I was like five years old. So we're talking about. But five years and younger, I've got these memories of weird, just weird spiritual things happening in this room, terrible nightmares, things coming after me, 
um, saying things to me, things floating above me. And um, it took until just a few years ago before I, I, I put two and two together and realized that what he was dabbling in, you know, what my parents said was nightmares, right? You're having nightmares, mm -hmm. little boy, just go back to sleep. They can't hurt you. But what my dad was dabbling in could very well have been bringing these things in and me being so young, being able to see them, they terrified me. I knew they were wrong. I knew that they were bad. I knew that there was something not right about them at the time. I can tell you, I can still remember the feeling inside that I had, and it's more vivid than any nightmare I've ever had in my life um, since then. But, uh, but yeah, opening that door, you know, opening that door, uh, you don't know what it's going to do to your loved ones. It's just like when you start dabbling in anything, right? I mean, like the Ouija board, right? Every kid was like, oh, this is so fun. And then it kind of freaks you out a little bit, whatever, you know. And, oh, someone just moved it or it was, you know, the wind blew or something. But then the longer you play with that stupid thing, I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to when I asked them, I says, have you ever played with the Ouija board? Because they're having weird things happen to them. They're like, yeah, you know, a long time ago, you open the door. They need that. They need your free will to submit to theirs. Because that's... that. Um, to violate you the way they need to violate you, to inhabit you, that you have to surrender. You have to surrender part of you to allow that in. You have to open a door. It's I always compare it to Johnny Cochran. Like Johnny Cochran was the, the sleaziest, you know, defense attorney there was, right? And he got OJ off with, you know, the, if the glove doesn't uh, fit, well, you must acquit, right? All that stuff. So it's, Chops, how are you, pal? Oh, I'm uh, doing fine. It's just... Uh... New system, uh, Zoom is not the same interface. Last time I used Zoom, I normally use Jitsi. So it's, uh, how's it going? Good, man. Glad to have you on. I got to meet Chops at the uh, Michigan meetup here a few months back. It was good to meet him. He has a cute little daughter. So Chops, how you been, man? Good good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you got in. You got a question or, or a story? Well, uh, not so much a story because uh, anytime... Anything this uh, uh, paranormal, not extranormal, but uh, anything. Uh, usually it's uh, uh, just a, a prayer or invocation for Jesus and uh, even the scientific uh, 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 realm seems to back away, especially with the grays and the greens and the uh, obtuse and the translucents or whatever. It, my experience is that anytime there's something weird going on, an invocation for Jesus for insight and for perception, it just appears as, oh, okay, I get that now. It's no longer an issue. It's that this was a uh, something within the creation that is within the laws of physics. Even if it started out with uh, uh, me not having my feet uh, be able to touch the ground or or uh, my mom seeing dinosaurs crossing the street one day is just like okay it, and and that is what i'm wondering uh as far as the uh, uh invocations or whether or not you find that to be a similar context absolutely uh this what you're describing there is something I've heard from a lot of experiencers over the years. My uh, co-author of my book, Piercing the Cosmic Veil, Jason December, his experience is, is exactly that type of experience. He's talking about him and 
a girl that he's with in a vehicle traveling down the West Coast Highway in L.A., seeing a massive armada of ships over L.A. and off to the, off, off the coast. I mean, it just keeps coming and coming. This was a full-blown invasion. But yet, how many millions of people live in L.A. that were not reporting seeing it? Even during his testimony, they stopped at a at a, 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 a like a service station with a store, and they were stopping and asking people and pointing, "Do you see that? Do you see that?" And believe it or not, other some others were. So this ability for them to be able to give you this, or to be able to part the veil back, so to say, to let you see into that realm is something that they have an ability of doing. But yes, calling on the name and authority of Jesus Christ stops these experiences. We know this. I've got hundreds and hundreds of testimonials that, that, that say it. And one of the most fascinating quotes that I've come across was from an interview where I um, watched John D'Souza, former FBI agent, he says that he was the one that was the consultant on the X-Files. He was the X-Files man for the FBI. But he's also an experiencer. And this is right out, this is quote right out of the interview with him. What I found out was, as anyone who studies this area knows, is that these abductions are very often stopped with only one thing by claiming the blood and authority of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing I have ever heard that stops these abduction experiences from going forward. They get stopped dead in their tracks. And we have seen it over and over again. This is the FBI that's backing up my research. When I first heard that, heard him say that, I said, oh, I can retire now. I mean, it's out of the bag. <laughs> You know, it's not just Crazy Joe saying this stuff. You know, it's the actual FBI themselves that are saying it. So this is all starting to come out. Exactly what you've been able to say and do during these experiences is exactly what I've been showing. It's real. The experiences are really happening to people. And a relationship and the authority of Jesus Christ stops them. That ought to tell you what we're dealing with. So that's the real well, disclosure. Found... The, re ahead, the true man. disclosure is that right there, what you just said. Yeah. That's the true disclosure. The rest of it is deception. Yep. Man. You know, if you even look at the word disclosure, it means to open up, right? To, to bring to light. Yeah. So <laughs> we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the light of the world. I mean, he is the true disclosure. That's such a great point, Michael. I want to play this clip while you're here um, because I think it's kind of ties in. This is Luis Elizondo, who was, wasn't he like the mm -hmm. former, um, what was his position? Eight, that's it. Um, and he, this is interesting. I've, I've seen lots of interviews with him, but I've never heard him say this. I had one. I remember the conversation very well. Um, this is a person I respected tremendously, very, very senior person. He told me, he said, Lou, I want you to stop stop doing this. I said, okay, sir, I, I certainly can, but may I ask why? And he says, well, we already know what it is. Now, at that moment, I, I honestly thought maybe it was our own technology. I was running up against some super uber secret sap, and uh, you know, 
they were telling me to stop. And I said, okay, sir, so, so it's ours? And he said, no, that's not what I'm saying. And he said, uh, he asked me point blank, have you read your Bible lately? And I wasn't quite sure where he was going with that. And I said, well, sir, I, 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 I think I know what it says. What, where are you going with this? And he said, well, then you would know that these things are, are demonic and we should not be pursuing them. Yeah. And uh, I, I, he, was, he wasn't kidding. He was, that's exactly how, how he felt. So this is a Pentagon. <sighs> this is a DO, Department of Defense official uh, saying, stop looking at UFOs because they're demonic. Correct. Hmm. Okay. So I'm not saying Luis believes that, but the person he spoke to from the Pentagon believed that. Now, I find that fascinating that he even brought that up because I've never seen him even mention that in any other interview. Have you, Joe? Um, a couple times he's mentioned that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my I've never question seen with that, yeah, and my question with that one is, um, if they're sure they're demonic, why are they interacting with them at all if they don't have any sort of spiritual buttressing? Yeah. Well, coming from somebody who's probably broken every commandment in the Bible uh, before I became a Christian, why did I do those things? Yeah. Well, how many did I break after uh, becoming a Christian? Good point. But, <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, the, the uh, technologies I, I personally find fascinating since I'm a technical kind of guy. But um, uh, just what is the application that's being permitted with the release to people who are not godly? That, that, that runs a, a logic train that is rather sad to follow, I think, yeah. uh, because. Um, the, the uh, unholy forces would never release uh, useful technology to godly people at all. And letting uh, uh, the pharaohs, uh, magicians, uh, turn their own staves into serpents. I mean, sure, they were uh, swallowed up by the single serpent of uh, Aaron's rod. It was just still the pharaoh uh, magicians still had that power. So what's being kept, what's being advanced, what's, uh, what do we actually need to know other than the fact that uh, these uh, extraterrestrial, whether it's uh, paradimensional or paranormal is still probably not godly, at least as far as I've been able to come across. Yeah. Yeah, they're not godly at all. I've never, it's funny, if in the paranormal, you know, ghost hunting, situations a lot of the shows i used to watch and stuff they were it was always intriguing right it gets them it sucks them in they want to stay in a you know creepy building overnight or whatever and and they're all excited about it but then when these entities show up they're creeped out all the time it's never this mm -hmm. like good experience of like oh wow this is so loving and loving you know and ghost. i just wanted to yeah i just wanted <laughs> to hang out all night with this loving ghost oh. it's always something like terrifying or or, or the other one where it is uh, the presence of God or a messenger of God saying, first, do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just opening up with that, because God doesn't want you to be scared. But if they're not afraid of you being scared, they're probably not afraid of you. But God doesn't want you to be scared. 
So he's going to open up with, be not afraid. I go before you always. Kind of, uh, it's a quite the dichotomy in, in my experience. Yeah. I had, um, I had relatives that their house was, you know, haunted and lots of strange things happened there. Like knives would be sticking in their desk. Um, they, my cousin had a whole bunch of license plates on his wall. They all started shaking at one time. Um, the dog would get creeped out and walk, you know, go hide in like a corner. There was lots of weird stuff, but they made, they always made it sound like he was, you know, the, the previous owner of the house that died and, oh, it's just him coming back and he wants to hang out with us and he just misses his home. And I'm, and you know, back then I was a young kid, so I didn't know the difference. I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> then you look back, uh, you're like, holy crap, that well, wasn't cool. That was like, some, like, they were always terrified. He even had stuff stolen out of his drawers sometimes. Like he couldn't find stuff in his drawers. Uh, like yeah. I don't know how they, I don't know how they do that with the physical world. You know how that all comes together, like the science behind it. But it uh, does happen. They interact with with the physical world. Yes, they do. And I'm not going to go too far into detail, but my oldest brother, with his first wife, our first place, there was a stuffed uh, Ernie from Ernie and Bert from Sesame Street fame. Um, that doll would show up randomly all over the place. And there were multiple exorcisms on the place. And that's as far as I'm going into it, because, uh, yeah, that the, the marriage fell apart. But there was a lot of effort that went in to make sure that the uh, house they were in was actually exercised in a full uh, open every drawer, open every closet, make sure there's no, no place that can conceal anything with the whole uh, blessed salt, blessed oil, blessed water. Just, yeah, it was a huge process. You know, I got I to gotta tell you, in, in the years that I've been involved in this, I've come to find out it's not about the location that needs to be exercised as much as it is the person. It's the person that's allowing it in, in the first place. And they open doors with the person, not with the location. And yes. it doesn't matter whether they move to another location or not, they're still going to be followed by this experience because it's them. It's not the location. The enemy is using the concept that it's that location to keep them off track but they usually find out later when they've tried to move and tried to go to other places that it, it seems to follow so that that tells you right away it's them that's the issue yes they'll, they'll people find out generally within short time if yeah. it's a location it's an unintentional invitation if it follows the person it is following the person yeah and yeah, I'm still yeah. hearing tales out of that it's, one. It's just really weird. The whole thing's weird. I don't know if you've ever seen deliverances or anything like that, Chops, but I mean, I've been around them and you can't tell me it's not real. <laughs> when you witness it and you actually see the transformation in the person after those things come out, and it's usually multiples, it's not just one entity that's inhabiting the person because they've, I'll tell you, one of the biggest gateways is drugs and sex. Those two allow yes. all kinds of evil in. Um, and that's why the Bible teaches not to use either of those inappropriately, yeah. right? I mean, there's there's a reason. Yes. It wasn't because God didn't want you to have fun. It's he's trying to protect you. And when you see it, what it does to a person's life, man, does it wreak havoc. And, 
you know, I said earlier, I, I kind of misspoke a little bit. I shouldn't say that they don't always come as evil. I mean, most of the time, the deception is that they're good, right? Just like these aliens and stuff. So, like, in the ghost hunters and stuff, they would sometimes, the person that they would be investigating said, oh, yeah, they were so nice. And, you know, they were bringing us, you know, knowledge. And knowledge is always one of the top ones. And, you know, facts about Uncle Joe who died, you know, two generations ago. And, and then that's how they got in. Then it starts becoming a little weird, right? They start getting felt up while they're sleeping at night, you know, and just really weird stuff. So it is deception. Ultimately, all of it's deception. And just like you said earlier, Joe, it's, I, I'm with you. I believe it's part of the strong delusion. It is part of that end time thing that is going to be the mass deception. And, and I've always said, like, you know, you see the, and Daniel talks about what the Antichrist will, will be like, right? And to me, that sounds like it has to be something supernatural because how in the world would you get everybody to drop their religion and follow you as a god? We've had tyrants that have done that, right? Worship me as a god, but people sure. did really did they really believe it was a god? No, they bowed down because they didn't want to die, right, at the sword or something. So for me, if he's going to mock Jesus, he's going to come on the clouds, he's going to come from the air, you know, it's going to be something very um, a supernatural event rather than you know and it could maybe it's project blue beam or i don't know all these technologies we have now or maybe it's something in the future but it does seem that that's at this point in our history and with the technologies we have and the things we know in our experiences that does seem like the most logical uh route right now i don't mind me adjusting the camera uh new, new setup new system i'm still trying to get everything uh squared Look, away so uh, no, it looks good, man. I love the tinfoil hat in the background. Though, yeah, that Michael that's what was I, was, about that. I was about to say. Is that a tinfoil hat back there? <laughs> too. Tin, tin nice. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And if you've ever seen the sticker of what did I just watch, uh, you'll see that I've got a sock puppet with wearing a tinfoil hat. <laughs> I like that. So, yeah, that's all, that's all fun games. Now, um, with the... Um, work and research and living uh growing up catholic uh for the uh exorcisionists i don't have enunciation tonight um the exorcisionists it's um uh a demon possessing a single body uh is tended to be commanded by jesus to uh affect and inflect in a certain body part or a certain uh, perception uh, scale. But a lot of the uh, pop culture is more about whether or not it's going to be throwing the uh, bed across the room or whether or not it's going to be hiding in a cupboard kind of thing. And I'm just wondering, uh, what is your perspective on that? I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, when, when it's a demonic possession that mm -hmm. could be mistaken for uh, alien intercession uh, with, with uh, demons uh, uh, infecting a human being, they tend to be stuck in a knee or a lower back or a kidney or as such. And the exorcism has to proceed off there which is why it requires that you have never, or that all medical and clinical treatments 
of uh, mental issue have to be cleared before you ever see an exorcist. Exorcist. Sorry. It's just so, sometimes I get words bass backwards a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering uh, just how does that play against uh, the greens, grays, or whatever spectrum color the alien uh, phenomena play? I work with that the same way. The Before I get to accepting somebody as having true, honest experiences, I've got to get to where I can eliminate everything else that could possibly be affecting them to be able to think that they're having these experiences. And the one thing that I'm able to, to get them to look at is, and I, I talk about this a lot, is in the research that I've done all these years is I start bringing up the red flags that I see. And the way that that works with them is it starts to get them to understand and accept a seed of doubt of what they've been going through. And usually you can see whether it's going to affect them or not at that point. It's something that once a seed of doubt can take hold, then you have an opportunity to be able to, to witness the truth of them because they're starting to be, they're starting to see the experience as suspect. And you will see a change in that person just when you start to reckon, when you start laying these red flags down, you'll start to see them change. And where they'll, they may be under a control, but there's enough there to get them to doubt what's controlling them. And that's an opportunity to be able to share the truth. But I have been able to see in these, in my research where people have come to me and yes, they've had medical conditions that could possibly be affecting them and thinking that they want to be part of this, you know, story but it's not, they're reaching out for help, yes. But the idea that it's, it's, it's an alien storyline is something that they're just using to, you know, um, to be able to get help, to be able to get somebody to listen to them. And then you've got the other part where you've got people that are just picking up on this as an opportunity um, to be, What's the word I'm looking for? They're lonely people. Let me put it that way. And they're reaching out. And the only way they know to reach out, and it's an opportunity that's available for them to reach out, is to tell a story. And somebody will listen. You know, there's plenty of people that will listen to these stories. So that's something that I have to look at when people first come to me. I have to get rid of all the other issues first before that I can understand that, yeah, what you're dealing with here is a spiritual experience, a spiritual deception, deception experience that, yeah, we can help you with. Yeah, that sounds very familiar, uh, especially considering that uh, with all the Munchausen by proxy or uh, Transhausen as it's currently called, where people will try and find something to uh, get attention to themselves. Yeah. Hoping to uh, get something that's not the problem they're calling out uh, addressed and exactly. they'll have they'll have that shield double shield going on um but with uh, exorcisms and uh, uh uh 
non-terrestrial or UAP or whatever they're running with for vernacular now. Um, that, that seems almost different though, like a uh, different cadre of the same team playing their own game to me. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it plays in that direction in my mind. Yeah. Um, it, it's changing as we change. As our culture it, changes, it changes. Yeah. Uh, uh, possession stories dropped off the map when uh, UFOs hit the sky was the um, claim yeah. from the 40s or 50s, I think. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's coming a new. It's coming a new guys. Yeah, I think the current guys, personally, I, I think the current guys is uh, uh, transgenderism and transhumanism. Agreed. But but everyone has to have their own rounding in their own reality and yeah. agree with their neighbors where that reality exists before and talk with them. A local um, impact or local action is national impact kind of thing it's on that front gosh you know you brought up a great point about the munchausen and all that other stuff it is this is a very narcissistic thing to start with because the person feels special and so it makes them feel good so the alien right placates to the selfishness of the human brain the human mind we're all selfish beings let's face it you know even when you come to christ you're still you're constantly fighting that fleshly desire the lust of life and so what does the alien do? It, it placates, the demon placates to your weakness and says, oh, you're special and you're this and look what you're doing for humanity while well, it's raping you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, abusing you. And it's this, it's such a weird dichotomy that every time I hear these testimonies of these people, you know, that, that think they're doing something good, like the girl we just watched here, uh, Marina, you just you scratch your head and you're like well how could you think that that's a good thing but because of her selfish nature and feeling good and you know maybe there was something lacking in her childhood i don't know you know some love or something she feels like this replaces it but it is a very narcissistic thing don't i mean wouldn't you guys agree it's the same as drugs any drugs that make you feel good at, in first but when you continue with it it becomes a control you know, it becomes your devastation. Mm -hmm. well, it's I, not I'll the same as that, that first experience. I'll add on top of that. Any drug that releases you from the pain of your physical body, whether or not it makes you feel good, it just releases pain. Yeah. And uh, feeding an ego, well, it releases a little bit of pain from being a crappy human. I mean, I'm not going to claim to be anything short of a, a drag on everyone. Uh, so yeah, I, so even if it just releases the pain, even if it doesn't make you feel good, just you don't hurt as much. Yeah, you you'll get attached to that pretty quick. Yep. Very true. Very true. Well, chops. Any last words, brother? Um. Know your neighbors. Know your skills. Add on a swivel, and try and get uh hard copies of books i mean behind me i've got like a isa tech manual and uh, electric motor repair maintenance since from like 1946. Just, wow. yeah well i collect technical manuals because there are books that are printed and are not uh, digitally susceptible and can be accessed as long as the pages still exist 
just like having heirloom seeds for a garden so you can feed yourself mm -hmm. it's one of those things yeah. you do yeah so, common any, sense yeah yep. i need to get your number in case the economy falls apart i know a guy knows how to fix things <laughs> uh, i've been doing it for over a quarter century so uh but yeah that, that, that'll, that'll be my final thoughts so thank god that thanks someone got uh on air to say get knowledge and skills fast <laughs> you don't know the day or the hour get them fast that's right bro that's right man chops always appreciate hey. you man thanks thanks for hanging thank out you. tonight and calling it was good in. talking to you until next time take it easy take it easy brother good stuff uh wow yeah i you know i'm glad he brought up the the munchausen thing because like i i i have thought about that but i was like gosh you know why is it that these people have this like complex like they're so wonderful or something but it it's funny because the, like the demons know our weaknesses better than we know them so of yeah. course they're going to go after the soft spot right i mean that's just what yeah. they're going to do absolutely good all right, so let's go to another video here. I got um, so which one? Oh, Sammy Hagar. I'm I don't know if I played this on maybe the first show or not. I couldn't remember. I should have went back and looked, but I still think this is interesting because, you know, Sammy Hagar obviously rock and roller Hall of Famer, right? He's Van Halen, all these great songs and rock and roll. Um, but I don't know how many people really know that it all started with an alien visit. You know, when he was a young guy. So check this out. I kind of wanted to jump off with just, I've heard the story about you having either like an abduction. Did you see, physically see a person and or being, or you just felt it? No, I saw it. I saw it in my head. I could see where they were. We were totally plugged in. It was like what we're doing right now. I can see you, you can see me. And it was, uh, they were just in this little craft it was like a, you know, a flying damn saucer, you know, the oval shape and all that. And uh, they were just sitting on this mountain right where I used to go camping and with my friends. And, you know, we'd hang out up there in this mountain, go up there and, you know, drink and stuff, you know, and, uh, and party. And they, they were up there about 13 miles away, like I said. And they, I could see they them. 13 they were, miles away from you where you were, and you yeah. could see them that far? Or they had taken you over to this no, mountain? No, it's where I was. I was in bed in, in this house and they were up there on that mountain but remotely it was like we were connected they had a wire it was not a hard wire but it, they had a circuit yeah. that was in me and when they 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 hollered out a numerical code and they said oh he's waking up we got to end this and it was like a numerical code that i never heard before it, none of our numbers but it was like you know uh, a, a number it's like nine seven six four three ten to the wc and it went whap. and this thing was just like a line that just was leaving i could feel it leaving and see it leaving and wow. and uh, then it just went like i said white they were gone i couldn't see them anymore we were disconnected but while we were connected see i could see them and they could see me i guess they could see me but i could see them but not clear they were just kind of backlit you know talking about me and it, behind a panel and it was just like that i mean and i'd never even thought of anything like this you know this that's why it was so devastatingly it, uh, cataclysmic to me I just became whoa you know what and I mean it's opened my my mind up and nobody around me was down with it Boy, I'd try to talk to anybody about it no 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 it was just people think you're crazy 
That's yeah. at least in my yeah. experience. Well, they thought I was high, you know. To... Yes. I had never done drugs. Were you I wasn't high? Even... Oh, no, okay. no, I wasn't even smoking weed or drinking at that time. I started doing that later. Sammy Hagar, right from his own lips. And I've heard yeah, other stories, too, where he's yeah. he's seen grays and stuff like that. Yeah. He's not the only one. There are so many in the UFO community. Um, going way back to when I graduated in high school, Cat Stevens. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Yep. He talks about his experiences also. Um, there was one of the songs he talks about in there. Uh, where he talks about the cold steel table, you know, that he was on. And uh, that was one of his early albums, you know, and longer ships are coming to get us. You know, that song, that ain't about us. Yeah. <laughs> and this goes Not back to 70, Navy 70, 71. Mm-hmm. We had a, Joe, we had a guy back, oh gosh, this is probably almost a year ago now, on one of my other shows, we had a guy, his name is Zach, um, Oh, I always forget his last name. He was a former Satanist. He was like one of the top 10 warlocks in the world. This is back in the 70s and 80s. And this guy had lots of sick stuff. I mean, he was in in a coven that was doing some very disgusting things. Um, And he got into it very young. He was like 9 or 10 years old. And he was having sex at like 11. And they were making porn with it. Like just a sick life. But he gave his life to Christ, turned it all over. And he, he was telling us that they would go sign contracts with some of the biggest bands in the world at the time before they were big. And they had mm-hmm. to sign in blood, right? You had, to make, you had to make that blood covenant and sell your soul. And there's, there's some great documentaries I've watched. Like uh, They Sold Their Soul for Rock and Roll. There's The Truth Behind Hip Hop. There's some really good series of videos that explain this. But he was, it was a firsthand account. Like He was the head of it. And he said, I says, well, how many bands did he? He says 99% of them. He says, but this was the thing that blew my mind. I says, well, who didn't? He said, Metallica didn't do it in blood. And I think he said, you too, which I thought, well, that's weird. Like you, <laughs> you would think them two bands probably would have done it, but apparently they didn't. I don't know. So, but it's the same, again, this goes right back. It's the same trickery. It's just in a different light, right? I mean, a different yeah. style. Whatever it takes for you to be deceived. Riches, yeah, poverty, it. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Wasn't it Richard Johnson? Oh, I always forget his name. The famous guitar player from the 30s and 40s. R- Richard Johnson? Richard. Oh. Anyway, the Crossroads. Crossroads guy. Supposedly he was at the Crossroads, literally at the Crossroads, and he, some guy in a big, dark, long jacket showed up and said, Hey, kid, you want to be famous? And he, he didn't even know how to play guitar. He was playing in these little clubs. They would bring him in and they were making fun of him because he was a horrible guitar player. And they said, ah, just give it up. You'll never be any good. And then he comes back six weeks later. And he's like this like unbelievable guitar player. And they're yeah, just Robert, blown away by Robert him. Johnson. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Johnson, yeah. Yeah, Robert Johnson. Mm-hmm. Man. I mean, look at the yeah, look at crazy. Look at the story from the Stones from Jagger where he got the song, you know, Sympathy for the Devil. Mm-hmm. You know, he got that in a dream. He did, yep. Stairway to Heaven too from the from Zeppelin. It's, uh, mm-hmm. You hear Robert Plant talk about writing that. It was pretty yep. ethereal. You know, um, I thought this was so good. Okay, so you know who Hugh Ross is, right? Yeah. Astrophysicist, Christian astrophysicist, yeah. and apologist, and all that stuff. 
I agree with most of what Hugh says. Some of it I would disagree. He he believes we've been around for millions of years, but you know, I think he's pretty solid. But I just saw this this interview. He was on a podcast, and Joe, you might want to talk to Hugh. This is pretty interesting. Well, back in the 1960s, the U.S. government commissioned the physicist Alan Hynek to investigate the UFO phenomena. And he was the one that came up with this term, close encounters, or the first kind, second kind, and third kind. And what you notice in these, a close encounter of the first kind is where the human contactee is within 500 feet of the UFO phenomena. And now when you're talking about the second kind, uh, this is where they actually begin to experience some kind of physical harm. There have even been instances where people have been killed or their animals have been killed. And then there's instances where people claim to have direct communication with UFO beings. Uh, but what's interesting about these close encounters, it's never beneficial. It's always deleterious. The best you're going to come away from with one of these encounters is recurring terrifying nightmares. Worst case scenario, you get killed. Uh, so they're harmful, uh, but there's also evidence that there's deception involved in these encounters. Because when people claim to have had conversation with these UFO beings, uh, they will claim, well, in fact, if you go back 100 years ago, uh, they were saying they were from the backside of the moon. But when the public became educated enough to realize that's not credible, they changed their story and said, well, we're from Venus. And people realized how hot it is on the surface of Venus. They said they were from Mars. Well, now they're claiming to be from another planetary system. So the fact that they keep changing their story. Uh, and then you've got those cases where the human contactee goes into a trance and then they begin to type out what the ufo being wants them to uh communicate and it sounds like automatic writing by the way that sounds very similar yeah, to what it is automatic writing and it's extensive i mean probably the most dramatic example would be a big book uh the arantia book it's kind of the bible for all these ufo cults and some editions run four thousand pages the entire book was communicated through automatic writing but what's interesting about the Arantia book, about a third of its content denies the deity of Jesus Christ. So there I think you can see the deceptive motivation behind this UFO phenomena. And you know, in this book, Lights in the Sky and Little Green Men, we point out that we have a scientific testable model for this UFO phenomena. Because what you notice in these close encounters, it's exclusively experienced by people who have significant involvement in the occult. And when you remove that occult factor, that's the end of the UFO encounters. Increase the degree of occult, you increase the frequency of these UFO encounters. And as we document in this book, you notice there's a much higher incidence of these close encounters in nations where there's a high incidence of occult involvement. Examples would be France, uh, equatorial Brazil, and I got to see this firsthand when I went to the Soviet Union uh, when the communists were in control. And what I noted back then is that the Soviet Union was sponsoring occult physics research at their major universities. And so a lot of the physicists I was engaging at that time, 
uh, were deeply involved in the occult. Many of them were demon-possessed, and many of them were having these close encounters with UFOs. Now, when you go back to Russia, the incidence of that has dramatically dropped because the incidence of occult involvement has dramatically dropped. So I end this book by saying, close all the doors to occult involvement in your life and the life of your close relatives. That'll be the end of your UFO encounters. This is a testable model. This is a testable model. Joseph, yep. haven't you talked about being a testable model? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's what these testimonies that I share show, you know, and some of those testimonies came from reading the other testimonies, you know, mm -hmm. because I shared them where people were coming to me and said, hey, I, I read these testimonies on your page. Um, can you help me? And that's when I thought, oh, here we go. And the research ended up becoming a, a mission field instead of just a research base. And we were able to take these people and show them how these other people had stopped their experiences. And once they did the same thing, it stopped for them. So there's your repeatable. The only repeatable event in the UFO community is being able to stop this experience in the name and authority of Jesus Christ. And you heard it from the FBI guy. Mm -hmm. He says the same thing. No other name. And, and it's 100%. A it's 100% every time. It works every time. Yeah. yeah. If you've ever been around Deliverance Ministry, you see the same thing. It, you just yeah. use the name and the authority that's given to us as believers, and they come right out. Well, sometimes a little harder than others, but they will come out. Uh, Tam Grawl asked a question. Uh, let's see. She said, Betty and Barney Hill, do you think they could have been plants? Look at the era, interracial times, just a thought. I think that's a great, great... Uh, question actually yeah plant cia plants or something no um no. we already know looking at the history that betty had had a, a cold involvement and interest before the experience um barney just happened to end up being a causal factor involved in what happened there uh, i don't think he was opening up to it from what we what i've read about it but she had most definitely. So she had open doors to this phenomenon. Do I believe they were actually taken aboard a craft? No. I believe that this is one of the first experiences where they believe they have, you know. Um, they were given this whole this whole scenario. As it started to come out under hypnosis, of course it will if you, you know, you go if you're accepting to it. And once you accept it, it's just going to continue to just flood out. The enemy's going to just use this, you know, to their advantage every time. You know, Joe, I wanted to ask you something. Or, Michael, you had a question? Sorry. No, I no, think you were about to say something. Oh, okay. I, okay, so if these intelligent beings have been around forever and they're flying around the universe and they're, you know, whatever, vehicles, they're spacecraft, and they've been so intelligent for thousands of years, why didn't they come here before? And why don't we have any evidence of them in other cultures? Let's say, let's go back 300 years, right? How come we don't have any documented evidence of people being abducted on a spaceship 
right? They could have still described it. The people back then could have said, well, it was this weird, like, um, plate-shaped thing, saucer-shaped thing, just like we described it. It's It was metallic. They knew what metal was, um, you know, and it had some weird things blinking on it, right? Some candles blinking on it, you know, whatever, whatever language was appropriate or, you know, like... Why don't we have any of those testimonies? I mean, I've seen drawings like in some old art. It looks like a UFOs in the background. But I mean, there's nothing. Because it wasn't needed at that time. There were experiences similar, but not identical to this UFO phenomenon, this alien phenomenon mm -hmm. uh, from other worlds phenomenon. This is fitting to our time. You know, I've stated this before that this is primarily, this phenomenon is not worldwide. It's primarily a modernized, westernized event, phenomenon. You don't see this around the world in large numbers like we do in America and in, in parts of Europe. And, you know, there's a, of course, like what, uh, what he was saying there in the clip, you know, areas that have large occult type activity. Yeah, you'll see it there too, like in Brazil. They may not be modernized, but they're looking to modern aspects of life. This is something I saw, you know, when I was overseas. Japan is modernized, but there's still a Japanese culture in their own. Um, they haven't become a full westernized culture. But the modernized aspect of it gets them looking at things in the realm of technology, being that they were one of the world's leaders in technology for so long. You know, and I have no doubt that eventually we might see, you know, countries like Korea open up to this phenomenon more and more as, you know, they go and in, come into the modern, you know, into the modern realm. And, uh, because it, things are going to challenge them. I mean, they still deal with some old beliefs that they have, but I think they're going to see a change because as people get into the modern aspect of life and technolo technological aspect of life, those beliefs of the past start to fade away and change, fade away and or change. And I think that you'll start seeing that change. Yeah, the culture definitely plays a huge part in it. I remember there was an account from like 1870s or something like that of a flying mm -hmm. um, thing. Now, it wasn't a, yeah, it wasn't a plane. It wasn't no. a saucer. It just happened to be a wooden ship. Like, you know, because that's, yeah. they couldn't imagine something like that at that point, right? They yeah. didn't have the technology or anything. So it definitely, it definitely is, right now, I think it's systemic. I mean, I know LA, LA Marzulli always uses the term, you know, burgeoning, right, and not going away. Yeah. And it is burgeoning to an extent because people believe it. So and it's been, you know, publicized through the media, it's been pushed on us in sci fi movies. It's in our psyche, it's in the American psyche and Western yeah. world. But like you said, South Korea, you lived there for, you know, how many years? 11 did you live years. There? 11 years. Yeah, I mean, you said like no one even <laughs> it was nothing there. It was like, that's weird. Why wouldn't they fly around in South Korea? You know, don't they want to abduct those people too? Or they, like you said, are they just racist? Just racist aliens? Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's. Uh, I keep. I keep. I keep thinking to myself. <clears throat> you know, there was a point where I was watching Ancient Aliens, where I was into not 
I wasn't looking for UFOs. I didn't want to have contact, but it was an interest. You know, it was just something that was interesting to me. So I'd watch all these things. And then the Bob Lazar, you know, he came back on the scene and that was interesting. And the way he explained the technology, I could, I could grasp the gravity when he talked about the, they were able to, to control gravity and that's how they were able to move in different directions so quickly without, you know, without physics getting, <laughs> destroying what they have. Um, and so I, I found that very interesting. And all the while I'm listening to this stuff and it's always speculative. Always speculation, always speculation, always, always, always. And here we are on the blender with the one man that has the disclosure, the truth, and nobody wants to hear it because it's not sensational enough. It's not um, it's not what they want to be the disclosure. They're, the disclosure they want is there's a benevolent alien that's going to come down and solve all your problems. Well, that's the same, that's the same thing that people want with a benevolent politician. It's the same thing that they want, you know, it's why they blame uh, social things, you know, it, oh, well, I'm not, I, I, my life sucks because of this social problem. You know, it's the same exact mindset that we all have. It's that, it's that sin, you know, nature in our flesh to kind of not want to accept responsibility. And it's just amazing to me. It's just amazing. Here we are with disclosure talking about the truth about this thing. Yet um, the majority of the world does not want to hear it. And there it is. Okay. It's right and here. And that, that fits right along with the strong delusion mm -hmm. talked about in Second Thessalonians, they're fulfilling prophecy. Full, you know, they're 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 bringing prophecy to fulfillment. We're seeing it happen. It's exciting. You know, I mean, it is just, exciting. It is exciting, and you know, I want people to to keep in mind. I don't believe that this just this phenomenon that's the delusion. It's everything and anything that's come together at in this time mm -hmm. of humanity that's taking our eyes off the one true God. You know, I believe that the enemies at work in the use of drugs and everything else that takes our eyes off the one true God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the clip, he talked about people can be killed by this event. I don't see that myself in the research that I've done, but they will drive you to the point to where whatever the deception is you've fallen for, you will kill yourself. You will want to, to make it stop. And that's exactly yeah. what we're seeing, you know, not just in this UFO realm, where I've got testimony upon testimony. Uh, even my co-author, Jason December, was at that point driven to insanity, to where he was on the edge of his bed and his gun in hand, ready to blow his brains out to make it stop, because he knew uh, no other way. Or the people with the needle in their arm, you know, that just can't get that first love back of that first high mm -hmm. from the from their first time they did it constantly trying to recreate it they will kill themselves right you know to try and get that first love back it's not they're killing us it's that they have the ability to drive us insane enough to kill ourselves mm -hmm. and either way we become doomed souls mm -hmm. whether we're just taking our eyes off the one true god and fall for the new alien gospel and it's you know new coming world religion or we take our own lives because it's driving us mad either way they win mm -hmm. <laughs> the biblicist in the chat said how many anal probes do the aliens need exactly <laughs> <They're not even. laughs> oh wait uh, that's funny here's a moment we'll, we'll, we'll uh 
we'll soften it up with another one. Uh, what does the alien say to the measuring cup? He says, take me to your leader. Leader? <laughs> Just Stupid. like the day. We gotta, we'll do alien joke Next time, Joe, we're going to do alien jokes. A five-minute segment. We'll put the timer up. We'll do our five-minute alien joke segment. Next. And tinfoil hats. Yes. I guarantee that'll, yes. that'll be the first time that's ever happened on any yes. show. So. We got to do that. Tinfoil we'll be, hats. We'll perfect. be pioneers. Pioneers. <laughs> so, okay. So let's go with uh, Linda Moulton Howe, obviously very famous, wrote uh, tons of books. I don't even document. Yeah. Um, this, I think you're going to find this kind of interesting, actually. I couldn't even believe she actually said the quiet part out loud. The reason and agenda for alien intelligences to be on this planet manipulating humans and animals is because there are wars out there between different types of intelligences about territory. And that those territorial wars involve populations of created and manipulated life What does Ephesians 6 say? Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're dealing with powers and principalities and high, like, are you kidding me? Like, she doesn't even realize she's actually <laughs> exactly. semi quoting scripture. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And what's the prize? Our souls. Mm -hmm. This is a war for our souls. This is a cosmic war. And what we're seeing here, what we're talking about today, are casualties of that cosmic war. Mm -hmm. Man. And being just, able to I, offer them a hope, a hope that nobody else is offering yes. in this field. Yes, absolutely. But isn't it ironic that it comes from the horse's lips? Like, I mean, you, you yeah. actually hear them saying what, what we say all the time, and they just can't get past that veil, you know, because they yeah. want it to be these entities coming from some planet somewhere. Exactly. And now they know it's not planet, so they're still trying to do everything mm, they can to not say the spiritual realm. You know, man, where are we at? Is it do, I'm, do I'm they call at, it interdimensional or spiritual? Uh, it's it, interdimensional. They call right? it interdimensional, extra dimensional, mm -hmm. ultra dimensional, anything you know, but and, spiritual, right? Yeah, anything but spiritual. <laughs> I don't know. I, if I saw a giant spacecraft coming and then I look over here and I see Jesus coming in the clouds. It's going to be an easy for me. It's going to be an easy choice. You know, for me, I'm going, okay, this looming weird thing from Lord knows where it's from. Or the guy who was already here who told me he was yeah. coming back. I think I'm going to go with that guy. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm on team Jesus. <laughs> I can't, I don't know. Prophecy it is mass deception. Yes. It is. Prophecy fulfillment. Isn't it? No, someone, uh, Tam Grell mentioned in the chat earlier, um, or Plant Patriot, I think it was. Um, I had mentioned that some old art had, you know, what appears to be these UFOs. You know, there's that one famous picture, I can't remember, of it's a woman, and then in the back, is it Mary? Maybe it's, I think it's the Virgin Mary, I think. And then yeah. behind her is like a UFO, supposedly a UFO. Now, I've seen uh, Michael Heiser did a really good teaching on that one time where he explained the origins of the art and he went back, you know, into history and what it wasn't actually a UFO it was something. No, I can't remember what he said. I wish I could remember that. And, and if I can find the link, I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the chat or I'll put it in the description of this video. Cause it was a really, really good 
um, expose on what all those paintings actually were at the time. They weren't UFOs. I mean, that they did look like that. There's that other one of, it looks like they're in like a capsule and fires coming out sure. the back of it. You know, all those, yeah. There's another Christian researcher I worked with years ago too, right about the same time I met Michael Heiser, uh, Chris White. Uh, Chris White also did a, a full expose on the whole thing about um, UFOs and Christian art. So that's another one to look into also. Yeah, that's an interesting topic because that is, you know, that's kind of the proof, right? The proof is in the pudding. Mm -hmm. That's that's what they go to all the time. But that's not actually the case if you understand the no. actual history of the art. I got to say, I remember I fell for it. I remember when I was, you know, chasing after aliens when I was younger or whatever. I was like, oh, my gosh, see, it's right there in the painting. <laughs> They've known about proof. it all these centuries. Yeah. I, I got to <laughs> so. share a story with you. The artwork here on my book. Um, Bobby Marcy in uh, Oklahoma, an American artist, does some fantastic work. Uh, he's actually got artwork in the uh, in the one of the main government buildings there in in Oklahoma, um, their Capitol building or whatever. And so it, that just tells you his art is fantastic. Bobby's been a follower of, of mine for quite some time. And when it came time to do the book, Piercing the Cosmic Veil, um, I asked him if, you know, if he would be interested in doing the artwork. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, and he says, what do you got in mind? And I tried to, I, I could, I could visualize, you know, what I wanted, but it was, I couldn't draw it to give it to him. So I had to come up with other ideas to be able to get the, the concept to him and uh it was actually working with my wife and i was able to to get her to pose in certain situation and try to get the concept to where in picture form i could send it to him and he he grasped the idea and he says okay i can i can get this for you and in the process of painting the original which i have now he gave it to me um and it's actually an oil painting, you know, it's real. It's a real oil painting that real artists do, you know, not just a drawing. And he was doing it in his store that he has, which is a, like a frame shop, you know, that does custom framing and matting for people for pictures and, uh, and different things like that. But in the back of his shop, he has a studio for teaching art. And he tells me this story. He says, yeah, he says, this is this is fascinating day. He says he had a um, an Anglican priest come in and he wanted to get his certificate framed. So he's, he's talking to him and he's, you know, in the process of figuring out how he wants it and custom done and everything. And the guy was talking to him, you know, and said, hey, uh, you know, is this all you do? And he says, oh, no, I do. I teach art also. And he took him back in the back room. And then right as he walks in the back room where he's teaching other, you know, he uses to teach art to people, there sitting on an easel is the artwork for my book that he's working on. And it caught the priest's fancy, the, you know, this, this piece that he was doing. And he says, can you tell me about this? So he had the opportunity to share what I do with this priest. And the priest says, you know what that's called? This, this thing that he did in the artwork. 
it's the veil part where he's got this opening. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Bobby said, no, I don't, I'm not sure I, I, know, I know what you're talking about. And he gave it a name. And if you go back into um, ancient artwork, whenever you see um, Jesus coming through the clouds or an angel coming through the clouds, it parts away and this is portal. They paint a portal. Well, that's where I got the concept. That wasn't where I got the concept. It just happens to be that this is exactly that same thing. Okay. I just came up with it from a testimonial story that I had come across. And I don't share it in the first book, but it's on my YouTube channel, the interview. Uh, where the gentleman describes that whole piece and how he sees this portal in a wall. And in that portal, he looks in and he could see this other side, you know, this, there were clouds floating in there. And it's a fascinating thing. So that's where the idea of the portal came from for my picture that I wanted him to paint. Little did I know that it was something that was used in ancient artwork, you know, in Christian artwork. It was the same thing that they were doing. They were showing that opening in the veil that they come through. So for you guys that get the book, you'll, you'll see where that comes from. And on my YouTube channel, the gentleman I'm speaking about that, uh, that tells this story, it's the same guy in my book that I start the book out with, uh, Sergeant Jay, and his lonely road experience in France. And I was able to, to get him under interview with me to where he tells the rest of the story. Um, and I'll probably share that in my second book that I'm working on now. Um, and for those of you that have my book and haven't figured it out, Sergeant Jay, the story that I tell, that I, that where I got the concept for the book cover, that's my dad. Cool. Very Do you have cool. a title? Do you have a title for the next one? Um, yes, it's Unholy Communion, Casualties of a Cosmic War. Oh, is that what you had up there, Gino? Uh, let's see. Yeah, yep, there it is. Okay. I thought I saw that's the that's the first book that's that, the first uh, one yeah that's yeah that that Dave Rafino did for me and uh, we're gonna I'd like to stay with the unholy communion mm -hmm. uh, mm. titles I've used it a number of times um, actually it's based the, the the book is based off my talk that I did in 2010 in Roswell and it's on my my uh, YouTube channel also and it's unholy communion casualties of a cosmic war so the concept of the book is going to be very similar to the concept of the talk that I did. And the reason I use the series, you know, the title many times in different, different subtitles is because I've got to dispel this, this thing in people's minds and their memories that was put there years ago from a book called Communion. Yeah, Whitley Strieber. Yeah. Whitley Strieber. You know, Whitley feels that this is communing. This is a, a communion thing with these entities. This is not communion in any way. 
Joe, do you ever speak to him at any of these conferences or anything? No, I've never had the opportunity. I would love to know what his everyday life is like dealing with this stuff. It's got to be yeah. just like a disaster. Yeah. Not and knowing has got to be troubling to mm -hmm. a human. Man. I can't so, imagine you know, that's, that. That's the reason I do day. that. Yeah. That's the reason I chose that title. And, I, you know, I continue to use it. I'll just use a different subtitle now and then. Okay. Um, we're almost almost at the end of the show here. I just wanted to cover a couple more things. So NASA had that one-year investigation that they were doing, looking into, you know, I don't know, the UFO activity, UAPs. And, and here's the thing. Is it – I'm getting mixed a mixed bag on this. Is it unidentified aerial phenomena or is it unidentified um, – Anomalous. Anomalous. Okay. Because they're calling you'll hear it, it both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It just so, depends on who you're talking to. So, a um, couple things here. So, see, actually, this is a Canadian report that I thought they did a really good job covering what the conference recently was about. They are among planet Earth's more tantalizing mysteries, objects seen zipping through the sky so quickly, erratically, so otherworldly. Could they, in fact, be alien spacecraft? It's rotating. A year ago, NASA opened a new study on unidentified anomalous phenomena, or UAPs, what they used to call UFOs. Now, some results. The NASA independent study team did not find any evidence that UAP have an extraterrestrial origin. But we don't know what these UAP are. It's that last part that's led NASA to announce it's stepping up its game. Because if they don't know what they are, what if they really did come from way out there? NASA's now hired a director of UAP research and wants the public to weigh in with any evidence or sightings, any data it can get. Shift the conversation about UAP from sensationalism to science. I think something is happening. After all, from Hollywood films through the decades to this week's strange, possibly dubious claim of discovered alien bodies in Mexico, it's clear Earthlings like to at least dream that we're not alone. Do I believe there's life in a universe that is so vast that it's hard for me to comprehend how big it is? My personal answer is yes. And so, says NASA, next time you look up, keep an eye out. And if you see something near or far, let them know. Paul Hunter, CBC News, Washington. <laughs> uh, you know what? A little off subject. I was just thinking about this, Joe. Flat or round? Spherical. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, the million-dollar debate lately. Um, okay. So, first of all, before we get into that report, the Biblicist said, "Please tell Joe I saw his early videos and loved it. A video and loved it. I've watched it and shared it many times. And please tell him thank you." Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I remember one of your first videos I saw was it was one of your conferences you had done, and um, 
I was just like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the ticket. <laughs> you know, um, okay. I was able to, yeah, uh, I was able to, to upload my first talk ever from 1997. And it's on my YouTube channel. You'll see the long haired guy with a beard. That's me. But you'll see that it was it was at a new age symposium, my first talk ever. Because the person that was running the symposium was the same Pleiadian channeler that I was following hmm. before I became a Christian. Wow. And, and I said, Do you are you sure you want me to speak at your conference? And I said, it's, it's going to be very challenging, you know, and, and different for what you're sharing there. And she says, yeah, I want the controversy. And she gave me the opportunity to speak there. And I'm glad I filmed it because uh, it's still available now. You can watch it on YouTube, my YouTube channel. And uh, you'll see the younger, more handsome me on there. <laughs> but the message is the same. It's I haven't changed. You know, and I was challenging them. You'll hear me say it right there. And I look back and going, boy, that guy was daring every time I watch it, you know, because I stood there and, and held up a Bible. And I said, you know, why would you want to follow? And I'm talking to the soothsayers there, you know, and the fortune tellers. I'm saying, why would you want to to listen to any lesser God when you can follow the creator of the universe himself? You know, I'm saying this in a new age symposium and I'm thinking, <laughs> where's the exits? I'm going to have to get out of here quick. <laughs> Police escort. You know what? We were followed. We did get out of there quick. We only made it to the hallway and we were stopped. A throng of people followed us wanting to know more. It was amazing. Wow. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Biblicist also said, does Joe have any opinions on the Collins elite? I, we've talked about that before on some other yeah. shows. Um, I know you know Ray Boucher personally. I um, do. Which is a great name. I love that name, Ray Boucher. <laughs> it just yeah. kind of flows. Um, I actually, I DM'd with him a few times uh, through via Facebook um, and said you had sent me. And uh, he was very receptive, but he is extremely busy. I think he was actually doing some kind of documentary and I think he's a professor yeah. too. So he had a bunch of things going on. Eventually we have to have Ray on because I would love to discuss the Collins elite. That is such a fascinating sure. story, man. That would be so um, good to hear. If you can't get him on, get Nick Redford on. Oh man, I'd, I'd love to have Nick He wrote on. the book, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Nick would be an amazing interview. Yeah, Nick's the one that did interview him and, and you know, did put that that all together in the mm -hmm. book Final Events. Yeah. You know, which which I and Mike Heiser and Guy mm -hmm. Malone are all in. Yep. You know, I've, I've shared, <laughs> Guy invited him to, you know, to share the conference podium with us out there in Roswell. And, you know, I had a had an opportunity to, you know, to share the same podium as Nick in, the, you know, the conference at, one of the conferences that guy did out there, it was fascinating to be able, you know, the, to speak with him um, about all of this, you know, openly, he's not a believer, but he's open and, and, and honest enough to take a look at it and say, Hey, you may not believe this, but it needs to be considered, you know, and that I have to give him credit for, mm -hmm. 
I was going to say the same thing. He always seemed that way to me. Like he, he is open to all the ideas. He's very objective, which you yeah. have to be. How, how can you come to any conclusion if you're not objective? If you're just, yeah. I, subs- in, I invited him here to be on the, uh, alien intrusion documentary we did with Gary Bates too. And well, Gary's uh, good if, too. If yeah. you haven't Appreciate seen that, he's, uh, Nick Redfern's on, on there too. Oh, I'd love to talk to Gary. He's great. I like Gary. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I included the Cowan's Elite in my book, Redemption. Oh, that was cool. Excellent. Yeah, the Cowan's Elite is a very interesting story. That is really crazy. I'd love to get Ray on. I think like you and Ray coming on would be an awesome tandem. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be fun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, see if, you can, see if you can pull some strings for us, Joe. <laughs> yeah, will do. <laughs> um, so, okay, so back to this conference that they just had, or this... this um, news press uh, release they just did for nasa now joe you used to work for nasa so you mm-hmm. kind of you were in there was it uh for safety i think you were part of the safety team or something for NASA. yeah i was a i was safety specialist for the contract that was uh over all the facilities at nasa which nasa kennedy space center and canaveral and patrick air force base all together there was like 140 facilities that nasa was responsible for so you know i had a lot of work to do we had a good team. So the public has a love-hate relationship with NASA. And me and Michael have talked about this extensively. You know, did we go to the moon? Didn't we go to the moon? Was it, um, was it, what's, what's the famous producer? Stanley Kubrick, was he involved in the first, <laughs> you know, faking the moon landing and all that stuff? And I got to tell you, I, there is, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I, I, I got to be 50-50 on this. And I know you're, you, you say we did go to the moon, correct? Yeah. Okay. I've had I, my fingers on the moon rocks. Okay. And I got to say, though, I look at the photographs and I look at the video and stuff, and there are things that make me scratch my head. Um, for instance, like the foil that they have, you know, the protective heat wrap and stuff. Like, why isn't it on certain parts, but it's on others? And it, like, it's on one leg, but it's not, it's missing on another part of a leg. Um, who was who was controlling the camera when the when the uh, lander took off from the moon's surface? You know, and it's a remote camera. Like, and the people are like, "Well, how did they remotely control?" I look. I don't know. Apparently, they said they went there with the power of a calculator, basically the computing power of a calculator. I don't know. Um, I I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I I think I just don't trust our government. I don't trust government agencies with what we've come to know over the last you know five to ten years just investigating this stuff so i don't know anymore michael where you are you at them, moon? you trust them more than you think i, I you probably don't do trust you're, them on you, those things <laughs> you're probably right yeah mike where are you at michael with the moon landing we've talked about this i, I i'm 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 just skeptical of it i i, I could see it easily as something that was a, a tool to bankrupt the ussr like i could see how just portraying that we did it could have been a strategy used against them. If I don't have anything in front of me, I'm at the point now where I'm, you know, I look through things, I look through the screen all the time. So like at this point, if I can't either talk to somebody who's directly involved or get some kind of physical, you know, proof, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical of pretty much everything at this point. Yeah, but that's not going to work because the only person you could talk to is somebody that's government, right? So it's you, it's it's kind of a trust. it's a catch twenty two. So I'm I'm pretty much waiting on the private industry to to you know do what the government hasn't. 
basically. Because, I mean, they even what's-his-name was saying that uh, they lost the technology to go to the moon, but we have such so, so much greater technology now. I don't, I don't understand that statement. About no, I don't either. understand that either. They didn't lose it. Right. It's just like, that they, there's better ways to get there now. Yeah, that would make sense did, to me. Yeah. But why did they say they lost the original footage too? Like of all this, like there's just a lot of questionable things. Like if that, this is the greatest human achievement, obviously, if that, if it happened, how do you lose the footage? Like they don't, like I, the, literally the head, I think it was the head of NASA, the head administrator came out and he was the one, I watched a video of him saying, yeah, we just don't know where it is. And you're like, what? How do you lose the greatest human accomplishment in the history of the world? And it's, you, well, no it's one knows only, where the tape is. It's only little pieces of it. You know, yeah. look how many missions that went there. I mean, what they're talking about is just a small piece of the the gazillion hours that they recorded, you know. And it, that's easily done when you look at how many people are involved in making this thing work. The The odds of failure is just enormous, you know. I think we had just just during the shuttle program, there was probably close to, I don't know, 15 to, to 20 million people, not million, 20, 15 to 20,000 out there at the space, you know, NASA uh, Kennedy Space Center at the time during the shuttle program. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for things to get messed mm. up, you know, with human involvement in, involved. It, it's that simple, you know. You're looking so, at it too hard. Keep it simple. Ha have they gotten past the what's the dome called, Michael? The what they call the, the, <laughs> the firmament. firmament. Have, have the they firmament? busted through the firmament? Are you you're up close and personal with these launches. Do you see them bouncing off the firmament and uh, coming no. back to Earth? No, yeah. No. <laughs> they I mean, how firmament. do you get? I mean, how do you get the if the firmament's? Uh, we don't even want to get into that. I know. <laughs> there, there's so many things, that, so yeah, many red true. flags involved with all of that. But <laughs> the thing is, if you can't trust where the, the information's coming from then I got no fight with you. There's, yeah. there's nothing to work with. Okay, so a couple of things in the chat. Biblis has said, what about the Van Allen belt? I've heard that a, a ton of times. And if that is true, I mean, like, how do we get through that radioactive belt without basically incinerating, right? Or just die, not incinerating, but... Uh, no, it's, the, it's the, radiation, the but radiation. they have a way to protect themselves from the radiation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got to tell you, Joe, I'm... The answers aren't going to let me make I'm it very skeptical. The answers are not going to come from YouTube. No, they're not. <laughs> That's for sure. So quit <laughs> looking sure. there for that. Them, is, that is you true. Know. <laughs> come here and visit the Kennedy Space Center. Come here and see what the accomplishments they've done. Come here and see it for yourself. You know? You'll be quite amazed. What, no, okay. We've all seen the the astronauts. Supposedly, they're floating in their spaceship and they're talking to school kids, and then some they drop something and it falls. Supposedly, they're in a weightless atmosphere, and you know something mm -hmm. falls out of their hand to the floor. And then mm -hmm. you see, they sometimes you see the green screen, like the you know, like even behind me, you'll see it sometimes fog up. Like there are some questionable things. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't mean they haven't gone to space or or been to the moon or whatever. I'm just saying you know maybe they're pulling a fast one on us because it's a lot cheaper to do that and they're talking to kids and they can get away with it or something but there's a lot of weird stuff like that where you you scratch your head and you're like okay it does make me question what is going on i believe i truly believe we have been out there and there's probably a lot more that we've done that that they haven't told us about but there's a reason they're hiding some of this stuff and i i think a lot of it is because it proves who god is 
I think that's the the bigger. Oh, I, going I have on. I have yeah. no doubt. That's why they're yeah. teaching evolution only in the schools. Yeah. You know, that's why they don't even give creationism an opportunity to be taught when they calling evolution theory. You mm -hmm. know, it's not called evolution fact. It's called the evolution theory. And if they're going to teach scientific theories, it needs to be beyond the age of reason. It doesn't need to be in the third grade like I was taught. Yeah. When I'm when I'm sitting there just absorbing the information as its truth, I had no idea it was a theory until I looked at it in college, I think. Until I actually exactly. looked at it because I just I didn't it all the stuff that I was taught at that age before re, the age of reason, I think a lot of that stuff need they need to wait because you need to be able to ask questions. And sure. you know, the questions I had as a as a college student, yeah. <laughs> well, wait a second. What about this? What about that? How do we know that this is the way things played out? If we don't, there's no way we can know because there's no observers to observe millions of years of <laughs> of these you know, things. You know, for those that, each other. for those that do rely on YouTube for their answers to questions that are greater than <laughs> um, they can get answers for. Um, there's a fascinating clip from a group of guys that used to do crazy stunts. I don't. I can't remember who the, what their names were, but they were well known uh, for their videos on the crazy stunts they used to do as as a group of guys. And then one of them got the opportunity to fly on one of the rockets up that launches out of Texas, that takes you up into you know into into space um, beyond the you know the Carmen line. And you become an astronaut, but you get to see the Earth from from space. You know, one of the private industries is doing that now. And he got chosen out of the group to be able to fly on that craft. You know, the New Shepard rocket, it's called. And first thing he put up on YouTube when he got back, it's not flat. You know, <laughs> just to make sure that people understood, hey, I went there. You follow me? Okay. I've been there. I just got back. It's not flat. I've actually can confirm that because I've had this guy ghost on a couple times. Some people in the chat may know who ghost is. He's on Nino Rodriguez's show quite a bit. And he I'm gonna be on Nino's show on Oh, Facebook. you are? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, yeah, he's he, ghost goes on there, but you know, I've I've gotten to know him and he's he's actually been up there. He's been in some, what is it, the S, what's the one, the spy plane, the S-70 or S, whatever they call that thing, I forgot. Yeah, the SR-70. It goes above, it goes above the atmosphere or whatever, I can't remember mm -hmm. what it is. But he's like, I'll tell you right now, it's round. <laughs> he says, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not going to, it's, it is round. There's no doubt in my mind it's round. I've been there, I've seen it with my own eyes. So, yeah, yeah I don't question that. That, that to me, I've, even though I haven't been outside, I think biblically, it proves the earth is round. And I know other people would say, well, yeah. no, it proves it's flat, you know, because, but metaphorically, when it uses metaphorical language in the Bible, I mean, it's, yeah, I could see where you could think it means that, but then there's too many scriptures that just, yeah. I, and here's the other thing. How cool, think about what's, not that anything's harder for God. God could do anything, of course. But like, I think if it's round, how crazy is that to think like we're on a ball? Like, how are we like not falling? You know, like, like, I just think that's so cool that God would make things round and, and baffle yeah. us even more with his, you know, yeah. his wisdom. Right. It's, I just think that's cool. Yeah. Anyway. And it's not about, 
what God could have done. It's never about that. We've got to start, stop thinking what God could do or what he could have done or what he can do. It's what does God say he did? That's the only thing we have Mm -hmm. to follow up with. That's the only thing we've got to base any of this on is what does he say about it? And that's God's word. It's there. Yeah, true. You know, I can't believe we haven't played this, the whole show. Why wouldn't we have brought that up earlier? <laughs> oh, that's how, they're, just, looking, that's how they're looking at us right now. Yeah, they're not happy. They are. Yeah, just dropping in to say hi. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, last video, and we're going to close this up. So this one's Nick Pope, um, and he's explaining why NASA's – or he, why he's – questioning NASA going back and forth on some of their latest revelations. Defense, uh, working for the Minister of, Ministry of Defense. Uh, Nick, you know, you and I have talked about this before. We've touched on this before. The public is upset the meeting was closed. Congressman Tim Burchett of Tennessee, who is leading the House Oversight Committee, is frustrated. Is NASA sending mixed messages? They are, yes. I, I mean, I have a lot of sympathy for NASA on this. I think they're trying to do the right thing, but they've had a couple of missteps over the last few days. When they had their meeting to announce their report, they said they'd appointed a director of research, and then they refused to name him, and then they named him a few hours later because of the backlash. And, and then, of course, we had this, this session yesterday in the House Oversight Committee closed to the media and the public. Now, some sessions are closed, that's fine, but when your whole central point is about openness and transparency, yes, it absolutely sends mixed messages. Uh, one of the things I think uh, the problem is, you touched on this, is that either you are going to be clear and transparent from the beginning or say nothing at all. I think it's the back and forth that has so many people frustrated. NASA says it only deals with unclassified data so they can be transparent to the public. Does NASA likely have that data that they just don't want to make public? Well, I think they they do have some, and they certainly have access to it because they now are working quite closely with the Pentagon's Arrow Unit, All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, who has the lead on this. But this runs the risk of a classic left-hand, right-hand situation that NASA say that they're they're looking for UAP, they're looking for the evidence, they want to look at the data, but they say they're only going to look at the unclassified data, where all the time the DOD and parts of the intelligence community already have classified data that could help NASA. So it's going to take some very careful management to integrate that. And Nick, I'm glad you said that. I've got less than 30 seconds because we already know that some of the information is classified because they have some that is unclassified. How will that affect uh, NASA as they move forward? Well, I think it's going to be a challenge, but I do think they've got to up their game a little bit on this and be open and transparent, as they've said they'll, they'll be. And, and the Pentagon has to do the same. Nick Pope, is there life out there? Yes. Nick Pope, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Okay. Nick Pope and his accent instantly makes me believe everything he says. <laughs> Anybody with an English accent, I have to believe. <laughs> so. No, he does say uh, with an emphatic, emphatic yes at the end there that there's life out there. This is what I wanted to touch on before we go. I forgot about this. So in the previous video, they talked about the vastness of space. I hear that all the time. Who cares? I don't care if the if it's 
an infinite space out there, what does that matter? Or how does that affect that there's life on a planet? Or what makes us think that there has to be water and this and that or whatever for God to put life somewhere? I believe we're the only life in the whole universe other than the spirit realm. Um, mm -hmm. We're unique. I think he purposely did that to show his, you know, just how his genius. But I never understood the argument like, well, gosh, there's millions of years and there's, you know, all these galaxies. There must be something out there. Why? Why does that? Why does there have to be something out there? The only if, if, reason they say that is to throw you off where you're trying to go with what you're saying. I have that happen every single time when I try to share the truth of what I found. That's the first thing out of their mouth is, well, do you believe there's nothing else out there in this vast universe? You know, because it's the apples and oranges they're throwing at you. They're switching subject on you mm -hmm. to keep you away from coming to, the, to sharing the truth with them. That's exactly yeah. it. It's just like that every, it always gets longer, millions and millions and millions. Of, yeah. Like time has nothing to do with life. Nothing other yeah. than how long I'm going to be here <laughs> from beginning <laughs> to end or something. But other than that, it has nothing to do with life just popping up, springing up out of nowhere. Well, if there's water and there's hydrogen and there's carbon, give me a break. Like that has. Then do that in a lab. Then do it in a lab. Exactly. Yeah. Prove it. Do it in a lab. And, and, and not just that, for those that haven't gotten my book, this question is talked about in my book, and I let my good friend Ian Juby out of Canada tell you that answer the best, and he does an awesome job. Uh, Ian Juby is a creation scientist up in Canada. He's also a, a genius Mensa, leading Mensa student from Canada, and he answers the question using statistics, mathematical statistics that people can understand and not deny. And he goes into the mathematics statistical number, it would be to say that we are random on this planet. And it goes through pages and pages and pages <laughs> of this huge number to show you all of this giant number to one are the odds that we were here accidentally and it just happened. This is the statistical number it takes for us to exist. And then he says, and you want me to double that for life out there? Hmm. Right. Yeah. It's, the it's interesting that, that yeah, and that, that uh, like you were saying, when they switched the subjects, and they're like, well, you telling me you don't believe that there's, that there's life out there. Well, yeah, I mean, it takes belief either way to believe yeah, that there's does. life out there or no life because there's no proof. So exactly. the very same people that talk about the wanting proof for everything. And then you reel them back in and you say, now let's talk about the evidence we do have. Yes. That's it. Yes. If, they, if they stay with you, you got an opportunity to share the truth with them. You know, yeah. I got one last thing to share with your listeners out there, people watching. 25 years ago, when I started in this phenomenon, you had to go looking for this phenomenon but today it's looking for you mm -hmm. don't be deceived oh man so true Joe. it is so true i mean like we said earlier la marzulli says it's burgeoning and not going away that's it is burgeoning but it's burgeoning because of it's been literally and just burned and etched in our brains since i was a little kid 
Yeah. I mean, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, all these movies coming out. Like, like it's 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 become pop culture. Man, I love sci-fi. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> I'd love. I say, so, you know, let's make sci-fi great again. Yeah. Let's keep it sci-fi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put right. that black dark line that separates sci-fi from reality back between the pages. I like that. The yes. problem is it's been blurred, mm-hmm. and people don't know reality from from fiction anymore. But look how good they did with Interstellar, Joe. Oh, look yeah. how good they, they did the science behind it. I'm like, exactly. oh, <laughs> the theoretical <laughs> physics behind it. But yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Still a good movie. I enjoy that movie. It but... is. They're good. They're all good. I mean, I like those movies. I, it's nothing against the movies. Nothing against. But that has what has been burned in our brains since we were little yeah. to believe. Like, oh my gosh, it's, it could be reality. Yeah. Um, and it, it is weird. I mean, a lot of let's face it, a lot of science fiction is becoming true. I mean, AI. I mean, you think of Terminator. <laughs> Skynet. I mean, oh my gosh, that's AI, right? I mean, it's just yeah. insane what I, AI is going to become. Anyway, good show, Joe. Always a pleasure. Love having you. Yes, on. thanks for um, being here, guys. Let's we. I think you and Ray Boucher together on a show would be amazing. I would love to be just the fly on the wall and just sit here and listen to you two <laughs> talk because <laughs> I, I definitely want to go into the Collins Elite. We talked about that before, sure. and I think that's just. That is such a fascinating story, and uh, and Nick Redfern that would be amazing if he ever wanted to come on too. But yeah, um, for sure, Just Ray. I, yeah, that would be amazing. Um, okay, let's go. Let's show your website here. So you guys, if you want to visit Joe's website, it's piercingthecosmicveil.com. And yeah, I'm sure you have all your other links on here too. I'm guessing. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And, I, and but I do. You know, if they can't remember that URL, I've always got the redirect ce4research.com will take you right there gotcha here's the youtube channel lots of great videos i particularly like this one right here it looks like uh (laughs) the blender with joseph jordan on ufo Uh, yeah (laughs) look at that four hours you're right that might be a four hour one (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs) yeah i gotta send you um the links to the other couple that we you haven't uploaded there Uh, and then also we got your facebook page ce4research.com you can go to facebook ce4research Any other uh, links, Joe? Um, just the one to the book. That's all on Amazon. Oh yeah, the books. Let me uh, show those one more time. Yep, you can find them on Amazon. Unholy Communion: The Alien Abduction Phenomenon, where it originated, where it originates, and how it stops. Piercing the Cosmic Veil: You Shall Not Be Afraid of the Terror by Night. Great book. Um, man, I, I really enjoyed re- reading uh, Piercing the Cosmic Veil. There was so much good information in that. And then I really liked the testimonies at the end. And I know, I think it was last show or the show before that, we went over some of those testimonies of yeah. people you actually um, confide, confided in you. And, and they're still um, coming in. Still coming. How many do you get in a week? I mean, is it quite it, a few? It or? varies, but just in the past two weeks, I've gotten three. So mm-hmm. it just, it, they just continue to come in as people see these shows that's why these shows are so important yeah you know yeah i mean let's face it the bottom line of doing these shows yeah it's interesting to talk about people love the topic but really the bottom line is three guys that believe in jesus christ as their lord and savior our goal is that people get out of this and get free and yes, find him as their lord and savior i mean that's that's our main goal with doing these although i just it's fascinating talking about it we all love yeah. discussing this stuff but that is our goal here to pass the information um and yeah i really i there was a lot of people watching tonight a lot of um 
a lot of lurkers out there, but I would have loved to have more phone calls because I really want to hear some firsthand accounts of people that have either seen something or, or experienced something. I think that would be a really good uh, good thing to have you talk to them about. Well, now that you're putting it out there, hopefully mm -hmm. they'll hear this yeah. and other people seeing it will respond. And uh, maybe we'll do a next show where you've got a lineup of people that are willing to talk about their experiences. There's an and idea. Then, and, we and then let me let me give my view on them on how I see it and how they fit yeah. with the research that I've that I've done. Mm, that would be amazing. Maybe we could get like uh, yeah, like a pre lineup, right? And then maybe maybe sure. on your website people can can email you or, or go on your Facebook page, email yeah. me or Michael on uh, here, DM us on Foxhole or yeah, that would be really that's a good idea. That would be fun. Sure. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's plan. Okay, next time you come on, <laughs> let's plan that we have Ray Boucher on. You're going to have to reach out to him. I don't want to keep bothering the poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably, probably like, leave me alone today. I got this guy stalking me. I think he's an alien. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah let, me, let me see it. Let me see what he's up to. I'm sure he's probably busy right now. I know the documentary they were working on. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that takes time because I've been, <laughs> I've been involved with two just, just in this year's time that I've been back. Um, one that we did last, last fall, and it should be coming here, released here soon. And then the one we're in process right now, this guy's saying that uh, he wants to have it out there before Christmas. So, Cool. Yeah, yeah. looking forward to that for sure. Yeah. Um, we'll have to do a premiere here. Maybe we can do the premiere. Um, yeah, okay, maybe. here's your – we forgot about your conference again. Let's mention that one more time. Oh, yeah. This one's going to be uh, this coming Saturday, September 30th in Titusville, Florida. Uh, anybody that can make it down, please come down for this. We're going to put this whole package together. Love to have you to be part of it, especially if you're a testimony, because that's the best evidence is the testimonials themselves. And I'm going to make an opportunity for testimonials to be seen and heard at the end of my talk, because that is the evidence. That is the only evidence in the UFO phenomenon that people can actually touch talk to, see, hear, and know it's real. Not fuzzy pictures, not fuzzy videos, the real stuff, the testimonies themselves of a life changed from these horrific experiences. Right. Uh, Biblicist said, I saw a Foo Fighter. Weren't the, were the Foo Fighters, that was World War II, right? When the, yeah, they were, you got yeah. an old guy in your, no, car. he's not. He's not that old. He's about my age. Back when I was piloting. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, maybe he went to the Foo Fighters concert. Maybe that's what it was. That's what it was. The yeah. Foo Fighters. Yeah. All right, Joe. Well, appreciate you as always. Thank you so much for coming on the Blender for your fourth appearance, record-breaking appearance. Actually, Thank I think you. I don't think we've ever had anybody on more than one. Well, Neo, <laughs> Neo. If we count Neo, Michael, Neo yeah. is our co-host co sometimes, but. Uh, yes, so we always appreciate you. Guys, thank you so much over on Foxhole, of course. You guys were awesome tonight. Lots of great stuff there. Great questions, great uh, back and forth. I, I was trying to read most of them as we were. But it's hard. Michael, isn't that difficult when the chat's <laughs> so active? You're try, I'm trying to listen to Joe, and I'm, like, reading over here, and I'm getting yes. the next video. Like, that is a very difficult thing to do. We're going to have to hire a, produ a producer for this show. We do. We do. We do. 
We, uh, by the way, chat, we fired the previous producer. producer. <laughs> we did. Horrible. That's why horrible. we had no breaking news tonight. So just, just actually, letting you all know. Michael, actually, actually, the previous producer got taken away by aliens. He was abducted. Ooh, <laughs> so, dang. That's what really. I didn't know that. I didn't want to, I didn't want to break that to you, but Missing sorry. person report. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, also over, man, lots of lurkers tonight on Rumble. Thank you guys over on Rumble. If you could, if you could on your way out. Click that uh, thumbs up. That really helps on the algorithms. We would appreciate that. All right. Love you all. Be blessed. Have a great night. Joe, thank you. Mike, thank great you as always. Um, yes. I will, Mike, by the way, I can't do Blender next week. We have a, a family event. So no Blender next Sunday night. How dare you, I know. Gino. I know. How dare it's you. Gonna, we're breaking hearts tonight, aren't we? <laughs> we will, Sorry, we will, we will meet again. We will meet yes, again. Yes, we will. 1992, he said, a Foo Fighter. Hmm. Okay. Wow. We'll have to hear that story next time. Yeah. Okay. Everybody have a great night. Be blessed. God bless. Bless you all. You still here? It's over. Go home. Go.